All right, have you got all your talking out of you? Mm-hmm. Time to start the show? Yeah. Hello, Governor, and welcome to the Sneaky Dragon Podcast. Right. Hello. Hello. This is your accent show, eh? How's it going there? <laughs> <laughs> what we have to do is accents that don't sound correct. Oh, okay. So that it's not offensive. Oh, because like even though it's probably not offensive now in the future, wouldn't it be more it offensive would be to, imitate... to do what you say? <laughs> What's your problem, Buggy McGee? Well, I mean, and also use uh, slang that doesn't exist. <laughs> that doesn't exist. Yeah, and also I don't know if that accent exists. I think it's that... right. It does not. <laughs> you have you found the the most inoffensive accent you could do. Which yeah, is one that's that doesn't right. exist. Yeah. Good, good for you. It's basically an accent I call uh, head wound. Oh, wait, our phone's ringing. Hello? Oh, it's Mars. They're offended by that accent you're doing. I'm sorry. I don't want them to attack. (laughs) Or cut off their supply of delicious chocolate bars. (laughs) Are you a fan of Mars? I I do like like Mars. I don't like it as much as the Snickers. And you know, I like a Milky Way more, even though it seems to be exactly the same bar with exactly the same slogan. Which is weird. Yeah. Like one day I'm going to uh, crack that code <laughs> and just find out. Because it is. It's like one. a Mars bar a day uh, at work, rest, or play. That okay. is their slogan. That is their slogan. Uh, and then at work, rest, or play, mm-hmm. Milky Way. That's their slogan. Huh. So it's the same slogan. Yeah, and it's yeah. the same contents of the bar. Is it the same manufacturer? If not, what a, what a scandal. <laughs> also, we didn't get Milky Ways in Canada. I don't know if we... If maybe we that's now. the difference. Maybe that. And we, uh, maybe Mars is the uh, is UK-ish. The can- is the Canadian or UK yeah. version. And then the Milky Way is... is uh, yeah, they definitely... we Both, both us and the Americas uh, definitely have uh, Three Musketeers bars. And we definitely have Snickers bars. But I'm not sure if America has a Mars bar or not. Okay. I know their crunchy bar is ridiculously small and sad. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Oh, I'm sorry. I'm thinking of their O. Henry bar. Okay. Oh, yeah. okay. That's what I'm thinking about. When mm. I've had an O. Henry bar in uh, the States, it was like, what happened to it? Has yeah. Has it been sick? Is it okay? I'm really worried for it. And it's sure. like... <laughs> I'm fine. I'm like, are you? I don't think I should eat you. No, please. It's my purpose. Whereas here, it's almost too big. Yeah. No, but yeah. Really? It's how about big. A, how about a Mr. Big? Is that too big for you? No. You like a big, you like a Toblerone? I mean, I'm not like a Like to huge... go to the airport and get yourself a big Toblerone? <laughs> Toblerones are big. If you get a big one. But they're yeah. not always big. The other thing There's about... different sizes of Toblerone. Also, Toblerone makes a very big mistake. Which is? Which is, uh, if you try to eat it like a chocolate bar, yeah. it's ridiculous in your mouth. It doesn't fit right. Okay. Right? Like, you, you, like you, you eat your yeah, Toblerone it's and rid- it's jabbing some part of your mouth. It's wrong. It's, it's a, a bit, bad feeling. <laughs> it does have a bit of... Um, uh, cherry blossom going for it too big too too well i mean too big is the cherry blossom dilemma and then if you go i'll just bite a bit of it well now my hand's covered in ooze <laughs> and if i let it hit a turtle it'll mutate it <laughs> yeah i mean it's not a problem in the sense that i love that's my one of my favorite parts about the cherry blossom chocolate bar oh my god we're talking about chocolate bars again uh my favorite part of it is it's the fact a that chocolate bar a cherry blossom. The chocolate lump? I don't know what you call it. It's a can- it's a candy. More, and in fact, I don't even think it's chocolate. It is more like a bonbon, but it is chocolate. Is it's it a, chocolate? It's chocolate mixed with like coconut, I think. Okay. But it is chocolate. I just wonder, because sometimes with the Lowney bars, it says like, it doesn't, it says chocolatey, 
Yeah, it does say chocolate. Mm, it's not that's a, a chocolate bar or yeah, yeah. a candy bar. Mm-hmm. And it's like, well, what are you, what are you saying? <laughs> Where are we going with this? Yeah. But the thing I love about it is that when you bite it, it's so much that you actually can't like close your mouth and you start to drool at the side of your mouth. Because it's like so, such a huge amount of... And that's the experience you like. I like that part of it, yeah. It's just so crazy to me. All right. I like, All right. I like the... Because uh, I'm a person... I like... Like I like um, sort of when food is over the top. Okay. Like not... I'm you pl- like a hamburger that's too big to eat. Yeah, I like a hamburger that not, it's, it's, like has everything on it. You've had that hamburger that's two grilled cheese sandwiches as the bread. I have had that burger right. a couple times it's pretty a good a couple of times yeah and it's pretty good okay i, I can like see one. one time for the novelty but the second time yeah because he liked it okay it's good it's good because it's the... well i'm sure flavor wise it's good it's all good flavored things but it seems like yeah. an uncomfortable experience unless you're you know a, a snake and then <laughs> hinge your jaw slowly i do have a hollow leg so i'm, okay. I'm fine but like i've had i've had a deep fried cheeseburger and that wasn't good because it was too dry. It's too dry because it feels like it would make it soggy. You would think so, but no. Huh. It was just too dry. And because they didn't really have much in the way of fixings on it. That was probably the problem. Mm. Like you need fixings. You need to have like Were a Were they big worried juiciness. that the fixings would get too hot in the deep fry process and just burn the shit out of your mouth so they lower the amount of fixings so it's all like a sensible temperature? I don't know. But then, that's, then that was dumb because it... Uh, that's all I could it think. Un- it was unpleasant. Because you wouldn't experience. want like scalding hot ketchup and pickles and all that kind of stuff. You wouldn't. It would be. It would just burn the, sh- the shit out of your mouth. You wouldn't want that. No, I wouldn't want something to burn me. But I, I do also want to have a <laughs> taste experience, not just okay. eat a big pile of sawdust. Okay. With the with the crust around it. No. So I like like if I like I like I don't know I just like things that have like a lot of stuff going on. You like, like to get your mouth filled. Yeah, like I like. All a, right, like you if, heard it here first. Dave Dedrick likes to get his mouth filled. If, like when I make a hot dog, you know, basically I regard like a hot dog as merely a vehicle to get like a lot of mustard and relish into my mouth and onions. Okay, and so I like I pile that stuff on, fried or raw. Oh, either I don't care. Okay, you know, wins more work, so I don't do it very often, but I'm fine. Like sour, I like them both. Sour crowd or no? No. Okay. No. Do I look German? No, I don't. Yeah. Kind of. Oh, okay. <laughs> Honestly, do you think you don't look German? I, I don't know. I have no idea what, but I'm just joking. Have you ever been in Germany? Do I look like I'm Western European? <laughs> so, well, yeah, a little bit. Yeah, little bit. yeah. You do look Western European, <laughs> Dave. Uh, yeah. Do I look like, do I look like I'm a, from a big amorphous group of people that existed in like a large landmass for, for a couple, you know, a thousand years? When you're eating a hot dog with sauerkraut on it. <laughs> yeah, you do. I do enjoy some sauerkraut. Okay. I do like that. Uh, I like a I like a grilled onion. I like mm-hmm. a sauerkraut. I like relish. Uh, I like both a dill and I like a sweet relish. Mm-hmm. And I like a mustard. I like both a hot mustard and I, yeah. have, I like a regular mustard. I like a sweet mustard. I just like a regular mustard, and I like I like a, a mustard relish. You're like, talking like a French's yellow mustard. Yes, I like a pers- yes a yellow mustard. Okay, and then because as a German, I think what you're saying when you're <laughs> telling me that's true. I you want a dark mustard, uh, but I didn't say it was German. I just said I was from an amorphous mass of people. Okay, you want a amorphous a, German. I want an amorphous. Uh, so is sauerkraut spice? Like, is it hot? No, or it's horseradish. It's hot. Yes. Horseradish has the spice. Yeah. And sauerkraut is just like a... It's kind of pickled. It's just like a... It's a pickled cabbage, basically. Pickled cabbage, yeah. It's okay. kind of sour. Well, it's sour. It's in the name. Mm. There's, there's the first clue. Yeah. I don't know if sour means sour, though. Okay, but it is. Mm. If you put it in your mouth, you'll go, that's sour. Yeah. 
I will go grab you some sauerkraut right now. I'll just make that happen. <laughs> make it, I think I think we I have start, some in the fridge. Yeah, I also enjoy a Reuben sandwich that's got sauerkraut mm. on it and mm-hmm. Swiss cheese and uh, you know corned beef and and yep. whatnot. Yeah, I do like a Reuben sandwich because once again, it's like adds a lot of has a lot of stuff going on, mm-hmm. so that's appealing to me. Okay, well then I'm um, yeah. All right, well I would say give sauerkraut on a hot dog a try again. Okay, if you're enjoying the flavors of a sou- mm. of a Reuben oh, I, sandwich, I also have. Um, Mayonnaise or Miracle Whip on a hot dog. Okay, well, you've lost me now. Bye. <laughs> Which I, when I grew up, I didn't until grade six when I moved to North Delta and we were having sports day. Yeah, home of, uh, yeah, and you drink a glass of mayonnaise glass at of mayonnaise. the end of uh, sports day. And they trained us on the milk run where like you ran for a long time and then they went, here's some nice milk that's been in the sun all day. And drink, drink that up afterwards. Thanks. Wow. Like it's making cheese in my mouth. <laughs> the milk run. Yeah. <laughs> um, that was something that I know. Did. I did. I did milk run too. Um, no, there was a girl in class and they were just, they were just being asked to like what, what condiments we wanted on our hot dog for sports day. Okay. And so she asked for mayonnaise as part of like. Was she German? She didn't ask for sauerkraut. That's a real. She no, didn't ask for sauerkraut. That's a real so. spotted German thing. Well, it's more, like, I always think of it as more of a Catholic thing. Okay, I went to like Catholic an, school like for Irish six Catholic, years. And Irish Catholic, yeah, mm, yeah. Pretty Irish, pretty Catholic. Yeah. Uh, what? We're, fill me in on this. Uh, it's new to me, what you're saying. As an Irish they Catholic, had, I've never been exposed they, to mayo. You've you never been, had mayo? Like mayo with a, no. like a sandwich with mayo on it? Nope. Or? Oh, a sandwich with mayo on yeah. it? Yeah, a sandwich, you didn't a have, sandwich yes. You didn't but have not french a, fries with mayo? No, of course oh. not. Hmm, interesting. No, 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 no. That's ridiculous. I always think of this... I guess I make it that association because I think of this scene in... Um, I mean, you might as well be Han it's Belgium, her, really. And Han and her sisters when Woody Allen is 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 uh, you know has been told he's going to die, and so then he's like trying to find meaning in life, and he's searching, and he decides he's going to be a Catholic. Yeah. And his his idea of being Catholic is to, like have a bunch of food stuff, and one of them was mayo, like a big thing of mayo was part of like this this changeover. And I went, oh, that's interesting. Is that a Catholic thing? So that's how he's associated. I, I remember that way. a time when Steve uh, Martin was on um, the. Uh, uh, what you, what you call it? Arsenio Hall show. Okay, and uh, that's what I call it. He said something, and Arsenio Hall took it the wrong way. Oh, and uh, was was kind of like you know slamming him a little bit, you know, uh, with like the racial overtones, and uh, said something about him being uh, very white. And uh, and Steve Martin, uh, you could tell it was like, uh oh, uh, it's weird. The host is like selling me out right now. Um, but uh, but then he just upped the whiteness and yeah. just went like, hey, who wants a mayonnaise sandwich? Who's up for that? And I was like, oh, I didn't realize before this time mayonnaise was considered very white. But yeah, uh, yeah. it got a laugh. He got back on the horse and he kept on riding. And uh, and where's Arsenio Hall now? Where is he? He's just done. Coming to America too. Oh, okay, it's fine then. That was about a year ago. <laughs> I guess he's been away for twenty years. Did one movie and he's gone again. Yeah, <laughs> he's not going to be showing up on uh, Only Murders in the Building season four. That's, <laughs> that's for sure. <laughs> well, he and Marty Short are great friends. Oh, so he'll be he'll be there. Um, he was the one that wrote that article. Uh, Martin Short's not funny for Slate. That was Arsenio Hall. That <laughs> was Arsenio with it. Yeah, you know who's not he, funny? Yeah, uh, that Martin guy. Short. That was uh, popular. Yeah, and then it was popular for releasing infinite clips of him being funny. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that was like the weirdest take I've ever I've ever seen because it's just kind of like not my cup of tea. Let me write his life story. Like let me let me do an article about this guy, which my whole point of the article is that he's not my cup of tea. Right. 
Like, it wasn't even and like... And then you released that article in England. And they go, you know, we all like tea here. <laughs> they... He... Like, the article isn't, like, super offensive to Martin Short. It's basically, like, saying, like, I don't find him funny. That's, like, the point of the article. And it's just kind of a weird thing to write about, I yeah, guess. Yeah, but, but... And it's someone who has been, like... Sure, there might be a time that you didn't find something you did funny. That's fair. But he's been so consistently funny uh, yeah. of high, with high quality work yeah. since the seventies, man. Like you just like pick a year and let's just go. <laughs> you know, and it's like if you don't like that, how about this? If you don't like that, how about this? Like something just popped up on my um, feed today, which was a a thing he did on Letterman, and I forgot. Like, oh yeah, every time he was on Letterman, he'd end with a musical number. Oh. Like not Letterman, late night Letterman, but late show Letterman. Okay, and uh, and this was one where you know he just went up and started singing a song about uh, to coming to America because it was July Fourth. Okay, and uh, and it was about all the Canadians that came to America, and and so it then becomes like this mixed song of the two national anthems together with uh, mount sexy Mountie ladies and sexy <laughs> Uncle Sam ladies yeah. dancing yeah. while he's just naming all these uh, performers. And some of the jokes were a little bit, oh, you can't do that anymore. Um, <laughs> that joke about Katie Lang is not uh, done anymore, sir. Okay. Uh, but it was definitely of the era. And yeah, it was like, oh, yeah, he would go on and just like, you know, really give her and good on him. And now he's uh, still giving her and everyone loves him. So good for him. Hooray. <laughs> You know who people also love? Yeah. Catherine O'Hara. People love Catherine O'Hara, and she's like in something coming up, and I forget what it is, but she's playing someone's mom, and it's one of these uh, comedies where things go horribly, horribly wrong, and and I just want, good for her with her reign of mumdom, (laughs) you know, Uh, from Schitt's Creek to Home Alone to Beetlejuice. Mm. No one has been a more consistent, funnier mom uh, in multiple mediums uh, than Catherine O'Hara. <laughs> yeah, that's basically. Yeah. It was weird to see and all her. All the while, in, still very hot. It was weird to see her in um, that movie with Griffin Dunn going through New York, and he can't get. Oh, uh, after hours. After hours. Yeah, it's it's interesting to see her in that movie where she's not a mum. Yep, she's not a mum, and actually, she's got kind of a meanie in that film as well. Mm-hmm. And so you're like, oh, it's interesting. Not not just that. I mean, it's probably. I was listening to some interview with her, and she talked about going going to New York and getting some roles, and and she was kind of like saying it in the sense like no one knew who I was, you know. I just went down there to see what I could what I could do, like yeah. You know, and that was one of the one of the parts she got, obviously. But yeah, it's interesting. It's interesting to see a, someone performing like that where she doesn't have a character or a persona yet, or doesn't have like a nope. she's a mom. You know, we're gonna get her to be be a mom. You know, or that's who you get to be a mom. Catherine O'Hara, come on down. Well, there wasn't there wasn't that many roles for women that weren't uh, mums, mm-hmm. especially in comedies. Yeah, and uh, yeah, and then she's she's just great in everything. And everyone, yeah, man, people like Catherine O'Hara. Like, there's a there's a hey, listen, uh, Martin Scorsese, get that SCTV documentary out, okay? While everyone's still alive <laughs> and everyone can still enjoy it. Yeah, most everyone's still alive. There yeah. is such, especially kind of, I think, for people who decided to do comedy. Uh, such a deep love for the SCTV folks. Mm-hmm. It's just ridiculous. My friend Mark Meir uh, has a couple of times worked with uh, Joe Flaherty. 
And yeah, it's just like people are just nuts for Joe Flaherty. And there's always like something of Joe Flaherty's that you're like, oh, yeah. And you, you always forget <laughs> this like little random thing like him and Happy Gilmore. It's like he just does a funny little bit in Happy mm. Gilmore where he's just like calling out names. And it's just like, yeah, yeah, right, right. Oh, yeah. And then you're like, you know, he's the dad in Freaks and Geeks. Oh, I forgot it. Of course he was. He was amazing in that. And it's like, hey, remember Maniac Mansion? Shit, yeah, that was better than it had to be. And so on and so forth. <laughs> yes, that show based on a video game. Yeah, that had nothing to do with the video game. Yeah, really. It's well done. Way. That's, I think, the way to uh, do the way it. to do it. Just borrow the name and carry on. I was just trying to see if I could see uh, what uh, what uh, she was in. Beetlejuice 2? Okay, she's working on Beetlejuice 2 now. Oh. Yeah. All right. Uh, Argyle. There we go. She's in Argyle. That, that looks kind of fun, actually. That I saw, does the, tra- look, that I saw does the trailer for that. Yeah, that was what it was. Yeah, and she's the mom that keeps getting called by the uh, author daughter. Oh, okay. That's that's where I saw her, too. I, did, I didn't watch the whole trailer because I... You after, don't like trailers. It's not that I don't... Well, I like I love trailers that are... That are well made and like don't give away everything, but I feel like yeah. that one was kind of going a little bit too too much detail. So it's kind of like I'm just going to bow out now. Thanks. You've te- you've given me what I what I you know you made it look good. Mm-hmm. You've done your job. I don't need to see the rest of the film uh, cut up into a, a two minute segment into two minute. You know. And here's the ending. Well, thanks for that. I guess. I guess that's because no one watches movies anymore. They just look at their phones. So they're like, people are like, you know, watch the movie. Oh, I saw the trailer. I saw the ending already. It's fine. Yeah, the flip is, of course, you don't tell enough in the trailer. And then people are like, nah, I don't know, I don't know what that's about. I don't know. <laughs> nah. You no, gotta like, you just yeah. gotta get them into the seats. But I think stuff. you can set up like the, you can set up the, the pitch, but just not give away like. Well, it's tough because the pitch is usually the twist, which is the first thing is like, hmm. you know, almost always, in, if you got a thriller or something like that, it's like, well, life's pretty good. Things are all right. You know, things are going the way they're going. Yeah. And then something happened. And it's like, okay. And so here's the thing that happened. Now, that's our concept, mm. uh, which is usually the bad thing. But now, are you going to throw the extra twist in there? But what they didn't know was, blah, 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 blah wasn't really da 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 do. You know, it's just like, hey, your daughter's been kidnapped. Oh, by the way, did you know that your maid is a spy? No, I didn't know my maid was a spy. Yeah, this was the only job. She tried to get out of the business. And she was there. And, like, do you tell that? Because it's a big point in the movie. And we're going to write the movie like nobody knows this. So, unfortunately, when you're watching the movie, uh, everyone's going to be ahead of the game for the first 20 minutes of the movie. So, the first 20 minutes of the movie is a bit of a wash. And then, <laughs> then we're into it. And, like, do we then show the second twist? Yeah. Which is, of course, then that the spy would have to have a relationship with the villain somehow. And they've got a history together. Do we show that as well? Okay. And uh, do we show where then all hope is lost? Do we show that moment? Because that moment's going to be in the movie. Uh, it's a pretty good action scene. It is, isn't it? Don't you want to show that in your trailer? Fuck. Yeah, I guess we do. It's showing a, a bunch, though. And yeah, what do you do? It's tough. It's tough. You got to make the trailer its own beast. I guess that's the thing. And, and now, and nowadays where we live in sort of a starless Hollywood system, you can't really, you can't really like hang a movie on an actor or actress. Where you're kind of like they're in it. Don't you want to see them? Don't you want to see this person? Yeah. Unless doing it's this like stuff? a Tarantino or something, which because you can, you can go like it's a Tarantino movie. Yeah, he's a oh, okay, he's a brand. Yeah, yeah, he's a brand on its own. But yeah, most you know like nowadays there's not there's not many actors that people are going to be like I really need to see yeah such and such. No, it's more it's more directory actually now. I would say 
It's like, you know, here's a Wes Anderson, here's a Tarantino, here's someone who's like so sad. Sure, but that, I mean, and that's and that's within a certain like. Here's the guy that did yeah. Kingsman. I can't think of what he's doing, but he's doing Argyle. And there's enough to go like, yeah, here's this guy. He's a bit of a twisted, uh, Matthew, twisted Matthew fuck. Vaughan, yeah. yeah, did kick ass as well. Yep. You know, you know what you're going to get. You're going to get something wild and weird, and it's going to go too far at times. <laughs> <laughs> People are going to go like this at some point, purse their lips and shake their and clutch their pearls. Yeah. Dear me. How could they do that? Here's Robert Rodriguez. It's either going to be ultraviolence or blue screen with kids. <laughs> one of the two. And or, no, or both. And no, 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 no. It's going to be one of the two. Or both. We're either going Sin to. City's all, all. We're either going to put a 70 year old man on a motorcycle with a machete yeah. and have him jump through fire for real, or <laughs> we're going to take a green screen out in our basement and take our grandkids and dress them up as fish. And uh, have them uh, fight uh, Joel McHale. Green Sin City was all green screen too, though. So that's, that's true. That falls. Uh, and and inter- inter- I was watching a, a sort of a making of or a video about the making of it. And it was interesting to learn that the, a lot of the actors did not act with each other. They just acted by themselves, and then the other parts were inserted later. Okay. So like Bruce Willis worked a week on the movie, did not interact with anyone else, and then just left, and then and then. Uh, uh, Rodriguez has filmed, you know, filmed the other parts around him as if he was there, but he wasn't actually there. Just, yeah, well, a lot, I think a lot of that one was style. You know, it's very uh, and he didn't very enjoy much it. The apparently, look. Bruce Willis did not enjoy. It. No, Bruce Willis doesn't not enjoying a movie doesn't mean it's not a good movie. But. No, no, I just mean he didn't enjoy like the the uh, not the movie. He didn't enjoy the experience of filming. You know, with no nothing around because you know, it was all just yeah. like green cloth draped over things, and you're. You're, you know, punching a dummy yeah. and stuff like that. And you're just kind of like, well, this is, you know, like he says a couple of times, like, can we just do this like normal? <laughs> yeah. Here's the weird thing. You know, there was a second Sin City movie, right? Oh, yeah, I saw it. Yeah. Yeah. Very good. Uh, here's here's what I got to ask you. Hmm. What's the name of it? Isn't it Sin City 2? But what's the name of it? Like, there's a name. Oh, is there a Dames Don't Die or something? Yeah, no one, no one <laughs> no could tell you. Anyone it... who's seen the second Sin City movie, uh, here's $10,000, name the film. Uh, now here's $20,000, yeah. give me a plot from the movie. <laughs> yeah. There's probably multiple that... plots. It's not a great movie. 20, I'm going to put 30000 down. Yeah. Let me. Okay, here, here, I'm going to just put, you know, I'm going to yeah. lower the money a little bit. Yeah. Here we go. Aside from actors that were in the first Sin City, yeah. that are in the second Sin City, sure. name me an actor that oh. was new in this one. Here is another thousand dollars. Name it. You've seen the movie. I know. I know who it is. I can have. I just can't remember her name. It's okay. Eva Green. All I think right, that's her name. Good. She's fr- nice. Yeah. But again, that's that's how yeah. forgettable that one is. Oh, I know. It's totally forgettable. It's not yeah. a. It's not a good film at all. Which is weird because the which first, is weird because why? Because the first one is really good. Yeah, like what's the element that's missing out of this one? <laughs> I it's the same guess, damn stories I guess from the novelty, same novelty. I think as part of it is novelty as part of okay. it, and also it's missing heart. Mm. Like the first one had had the Bruce Willis story and it had the Mickey Rourke story, and both those stories are about characters who are flawed but are acting altruistically. Right. You know, and, and... And Bruce Willis is good for that. And Bruce Willis is really good for that. Yeah. And Mickey Rourke is good in that role, too. It's sure. A, as Norm. I think his name's Norm. Uh, Marv. Marv, sorry. <laughs> you know Norm. Or Marv. One of those guys. Yeah, every time he walked in a room, people went, Norm! <laughs> he went, my name's Marv. <laughs> Norm's sorry. here! Hey, Norm. <laughs> Poor Norm. He's had somebody hits the head. He thinks his name is yeah. Marv. Yeah. 
what did what did Mickey Rourke do? Like two days on that movie or something? Like just it's just crazy. Like how much shooting was done without people there. But anyway, um, and then the first sequence that was filmed with the Josh Hartnett sequence at the beginning of the movie that was their test that they sold the film to the to the studio with. Mm-hmm. So they did that. They just hired Josh Hartnett and the and the uh, act, the other actress in the scene um, who is oh what is her name now? She passed away young. Yeah, she was she was also in King of the Hill. Mm, uh, Brittany right. Murphy. Brittany Murphy, yes. So we hired them, and they and they did a scene, uh, which was used, which opened the film, and that was the that was the demo reel to sell sell the film to the studio. Okay, Sin City. Uh, it's not called Sin City Two. There's no two in it. Oh, okay, uh, it's called A Dame to Kill For. But I had the Dame part. Okay, I, th- I think I said A Dame to Die For. So I was pretty close. That's pretty, pretty close. close. Not clo- not not exact, but it, not you know, exa- not exact. It's as close as you can get with the how forgettable that movie is. It's pretty good that I remembered that. It doesn't help. I mean, obviously, I'm in, madly in love with Eva Green. She's a beautiful woman, so mm-hmm. I remember her being in the film. But I, I don't really remember much more of it. You got Stacy Keach. You got Joseph Gordon-Levitt. You got Josh Brolin. You got Jessica Alba, which mm-hmm. again, first film. she's in the first film. Yeah. Uh, Rosario Dawson. Was she she's in the, the first film. film. Yeah, yeah, she's one of the one of the pros. Yeah, Eva Green. Powers Booth. Mm. Uh, Christopher Maloney from uh, Law and Order SVU. Christopher Lloyd, uh, yeah, uh, Jamie King. Got to meet her; she was nice. And Stacy Keach. It's not. It's yeah. It doesn't have a strong story. I don't think it has a strong. I mean, the best stories are the Yellow Bastard and and then and Norm's story are, are really the heart of the first Sin City. And I think those are like the strongest stories from Sin City as a whole. You know, like you know, that's a problem. Like you do. It's like you make a best of album and you put all these stack it with these great songs and then like, oh, that was really good. Let's do a second best of album. <laughs> well, we, we made a best of album. There's no second best of album. Nowadays, it's it, a rest of the album. thing to do would be to uh, do them as short stories and put them on streaming, you know, because that, that, that budget level, you could pull it off and yeah. then just like release them and put them on, you know, wherever you're going to put them, Prime or Netflix or what have you. I guess. I mean, I just, just dis- so they can disappear into the wallpaper of streaming. I don't know. Like, uh, I mean, I didn't care for Asteroid City this year, mm. but uh, holy cow, I love those uh, four uh, Wes Anderson. Uh, those are really fun. Doll. I've watched two of them so far. I, okay, I feel like they're not something I want to like, like you know, just watch all at once. But I, they're all, so I watched the Henry Sugar one and the uh, Ratcatcher. Those are both very good, and right? I, and I love the play-like element of it with the sets being. Dropping down and or yeah. being pushed into place, and and actors being given like in the rat rat catcher, someone hands him his bag that he put that he puts on to walk down the alleyway. The yeah, the, it's the like it's a little character. play. Yeah, and I liked uh, I liked in that as well. Uh, you know, he's holding up which is something that's going to be like an animated puppet, and he's holding it up, and it's not animated yet because yeah. he's holding it up. Yeah, yeah, and then just puts it on something, and now we're cutting to that. Yeah, yeah, and it's like oh, and and you know that there's going to be scenes that you're like oof. And they just like, all right, look, we're going to animate this because we know that's going to be something you don't want to see. <laughs> okay, now we're going to do it without showing it. And now we're going to do it in shadow because it's really bad. Yeah. And it's like, oh, good. You, you, he, they know when to like take your imagination and just mm. go, here we go. Yeah. Here we go. Here you we know go. what's happening. Yeah. Yeah. The, uh, the other two, and I'm not going to like spoil them for you, uh, but the other two are couldn't be more different <laughs> in the way that they're presented. Sure. Uh, but both really beautiful stories and both you know by the time that like they're over you're like shit whoa okay yeah good yes 
Uh, and I just found them all so inspiring that, mm. uh, yeah, it got me reading some, some more short stories, uh, buying, I've got the Henry Sugar book yeah. with like, and eight others. Okay. And one of the things that's in that book is him just talking about how he became a writer. Oh, interesting. And that's just, and, and he has written two autobiographical books. Mm-hmm. Uh, but this was just the basic layout of, I wasn't going to be a writer. Here's how I grew up. Here was my background. Here's what happened. And it's all presented really, really well. Yeah. And it's, it's, it's interesting. Something that like touched me was him talking about Dickens and how, you know, Dickens is a genius and was in his twenties and wrote his first, you know, the Pickwick papers. Yeah. And, you know, of course it all came to him because he was a genius. But for those of us that aren't geniuses, <laughs> here's how you do it. And I was like, oh, it's just so great just having this kind of breakdown, but also yeah. the idea to him. That, you know, he was in this legacy of like, that was who came before him. Mm. And now it's him. Yeah. And I can't do this genius, but I can do me. And so I'm going to do me as best I can. And then that, ref- I, I thought about that and just go, I write kids books now. Holy shit. This is what I think too. <laughs> oh my gosh. I think I can't do Roll Doll. I can't be Roll Doll. There's no way. That guy's a genius. I just got to do it the other way, which is try to tell stories that I find are interesting. And, uh, and, and when I, when I thought that there was something that really hit me, which was like, Oh fuck, I'm part of a legacy. Oh shit. I'm part of something bigger. Okay. There's a responsibility to this. And, uh, and that was interesting. Yeah. It was an interesting feeling. Hmm. And I recently, you know, had a thing that like hit me in a, in a way that like was, was really very sweet where I was going to, uh, Hillcrest pool, um, for a swim. And as I was, as I was walking in to kind of a universal change room area, uh, there was a, a little girl who was walking out and I was wearing a Sparks shirt. Okay. And she went, oh, Sparks. <laughs> and, and I could tell that like one, she was a fan of Sparks. So I, yeah. I said, oh, do you like the books? And it's like, yeah. And I could tell she knows who I am. I'm like, okay. Uh, and and so just had a little bit of a talk with her. And she was so stunned and so telling me how much she loved the book so much. Yeah. And yeah. And I was going, can't be too touched right now. <laughs> this is meaning a lot. Okay. And, you know, it was a nice little conversation. I think it went well. And she got out of it, which was well, something good. And then I walked away and I was like, Oh, fuck. These books are kind of important for people. <laughs> okay. Every book, someone's first. Every book is the book that sure. hooks you on stuff. Yeah. Every book is the one that hits you deeply. And yeah, Roald Dahl books for me, like a lot of his stuff. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. I loved him as a kid. Uh, especially James and the Giant Peach, which I, I took the trouble as a kid to memorize all the all the poems and the or songs. I don't know if they're songs, but poems. Is that right? Yeah. Which for some reason I had a facility to do that as a child, which I don't have anymore. I can't. I don't have a, I have a hard time remembering lyrics and things like that. Although I guess if I just took took time to like memorize them, it's weird to put the it things th- I liked I memorized as a yeah, kid. Yeah, it's weird to put it this way. But there were some books that you felt treated you with respect. You know, it was just like, no, this one's important. Mm-hmm. This book, this book has some weight to it. This book, okay, you know. And, and it's weird to say respect, but like I would pick up a book like even something like the Great Brain books, which I really liked. Mm. It was just like, yeah. Yeah, this is something special each time. And there was other books I'd read, like, you know, How Do We Fried Worms or something like, okay, yep, I read it. I read it. I can do a book report on it. I can put it on my list of books I read over the summer for the library. And how many books have I read? I've read a amount of books. I've read a bunch of books. But then there's some that you just go, ah, they just slow you down and you got to absorb them. You got to take them in and they live with you. 
and they run around in your head. <laughs> yeah. Doll stuff definitely does that. Oh, for sure. Yeah, they're very startling and stuff. But it's sort of funny because he's very, he personally was very dismissive uh, of kids, I guess, or, you know, of his audience. I know he talked, he was talking to, to uh, Ian Fleming and was trying to convince him that he should write children's books. He's like, the little bastards eat it up. <laughs> <laughs> so there's a bit of cynicism sure. there too, but you know, it's hard to know. It's hard to any sort of job that you have is going to become. You're going to become a bit. Yeah, I never. Right? I mean, honestly, I never have written a kid's book for a kid. Yeah, you know, I just try to write them, you know, as best I can mm. for the story that I'm trying to write. Uh, and I know the limitations, you know, of where I can go with violence or material or yeah. what have you. Yeah. But yeah, I never think like. What would the kids think about this? I never put that in my head. Would this be cool? How can it be cool for kids? I just try to write stuff that I generally like and uh, hope for the best on that. Same thing when I was like writing comic books or when I do write comic books. It's like you can't think of your audience or you go uh, crazy. Can't write. Can't do it because they're in the room with you looking at you. Those eyes. <laughs> oh, like a doll's eyes. <laughs> <laughs> I write for sharks. You have, little, you have a little audience, like eight children sitting on chairs behind you as you're writing. Yeah. And you, when you finish a page, you, you pass it to them and they read it and then they, they'll nod. It's good. It's good stuff. Or make little suggestions. I'm just glad kids are still reading books. You know, and they got so many other options. Mm-hmm. We didn't have those options. Yeah. You do. And you're still reading books? Good on you. Well, but I mean, each each of those things is different though. Like, you know, watching a movie is different than watching a television show is different from reading a book, is different than playing a game. You know, they're all different experiences and each one has its own, you know, thing that makes it good. You know, whether you know what's great about books, of course, is that they is there you immerse yourself in someone else's experiences, you know. There's nothing nothing will teach you empathy better than reading novels, I think. Mm-hmm. Because you you live someone else's life, which you'll never do watching a movie and stuff like that. Because you're you're a, you're a spectator when you watch a movie, but when you read a novel, you're inside that person's life. You know. Well, I mean, there are probably movies that you would go. You know, you're really getting into what I mean, the Fablemans or something. You're getting what Spielberg was like growing up. Sure, you get the vibe. But you're still you're still watching it though. You're not you're not. It's diff- reading is a different experience, I think, than than watching. You know. And, it, but, and I'm not making saying one's better than the other, but I just think that they're just different, different experiences, and they each have their value. And I think that's you know why why reading will always be with us, you know, um, no matter what, no matter what, what you know. Obviously, TikTok and things of like that will distract, distract, you know, because yeah. those are like just such. It's a different way of communicating. It's a different way of communicating, but it's also such like an endorphin rush. Like it's just like. It's a totally different, you know, it's not something you get from reading. I don't think you really get like a big endorphin rush from reading. Right. But from like TikTok. It's or... also the difference between snacking and having a big meal. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, that's right. Like a book is a big meal and, you know, TikTok is like having a bag of nacho chips, yeah, which is pretty great. Yeah, or something. Yeah. <laughs> I was going a little classier there. But yeah, so a bag of chips. I think sure. a bag of chips is more accurate than tapas. But yeah, it's... Uh... I'm reading Brent Butt's book now, uh, Huge. Mm. And... Uh, and uh it's getting good reviews and it's it's doing very very well yeah i'm 10 i'm 10 chapters in and he does at one point he does uh describes a comedy room yeah. in a small town okay uh and it's the most terrifying thing in the world to me because it flashes <laughs> me like the two things he describes a, a motel room in a small town and he describes the room yeah where this comedy show is going on at and he's got it exactly right mm. like there's just i know there's actual like horror things going on in this book in this book but when he's talking about trying to do your act 
while the pool balls are clacking. <laughs> and like you should be turning off the pool, but you don't want to turn off the pool because yeah. that's going to make them mad. Yeah. And I'm like, oh my God, you're right. And here's where the TVs are. Yeah, you're right. They're right there, <laughs> right next to you. So, oh boy. And they're on as well? Yeah, they're on. They're Of course they're on. They're not turning those off. And they'll turn the sound down, maybe. Yeah, maybe. maybe. But yeah, the way he breaks it down, it's just like, oh, I know what that carpet's like. Oh, I know what this room smells like completely. Oh, Jesus, what's happening? Sure. Oh, God, what? The woman behind the bar is flirting with you at the end? Oh, God damn it, that's right. <laughs> it was just all this stuff that just like soaks so deep inside me. And it's just like, oh, I'm so creeped out by this uh, by this story. It's good. It's very, very good. I've not, obviously, I've not been on stage, but I have been in those sort of places. And You've been on stage a lot. But not not in those places. Okay, those are places. Not right. in those places. Um, but I've been in them. Like, I've been in small town bars. On comedy like nights? I don't think on a it's comedy a night. different beast. On a comedy <laughs> yeah. night where no one knows it's a comedy yeah, night? Yeah, yeah. Well, no, I just where mean... it's a surprise? I just mean, I, I can understand. I can picture the locale. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, I've been in those places so i can picture like for me it's the, immediately like either oliver bc or courtney BC. <laughs> the, the especially stage, oliver bc the stage that there's no stage you're just mm-hmm. standing on the floor you're probably in front of a dartboard because yeah. it's the best lit area Unless, you're in front of a dartboard and you don't know where the darts are yeah but you're in front of the dartboard so where are those darts yeah <laughs> yes i've been been to those places i've been to like small town strip clubs as well which that's got its own vibe well, we would normally tour a very similar circuit to the touring, uh, yeah, strippers. Okay, as well. They had so, a stage. Not always. Not always. <laughs> not always. Sometimes it would just be like clear yeah. some space on the floor, yeah, oh and or it'd be this, you know, because they got to have enough space to do something. Yeah. Yep. I should at least got a pole. Why? No, 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 no. The that's pole. Unf- that's unfair. How much? <laughs> not pole money. <laughs> but even the even the elder inn. R.I.P. God rest its soul. It had a pole in it. Where was this? In Alder Grove, we had a a rather rundown uh, bar there called the Alder Inn. Okay. Which was well, they had regular like exotic dancing nights. Is which they had they had exotic ex- exotic dancing days. Oh yeah, yeah. Because sure, I came sure. in there one one time just accidentally. I wasn't looking to go see a stripper. I was just trying to. My brother had sent me to get beer, and I had you know I don't drink, so I had no idea. Even though I dr- had driven by it probably a hundred times, I had no idea where the Probably more than that. I had no idea where the beer and wine store was, yeah. but it was in like in the Alder Inn. I thought it was inside. I had to go in, but it was on the outside. So I just made this fruitless, you know, I had to go inside the place. And then there's this poor woman doing this most desultory uh, strip strip act I've ever seen in my life. And I yeah. sort of beelined it to the other, out the other door and then found, found the, uh, the beer and wine place. But um, yeah. We'd talk after, usually, if it was a touring situation. But yeah, it's uh, like, I mean, when I went to Douglas College, our kind of bar of choice was uh, Mugs and Jugs, which was behind. Yeah, and and you you get to the point where you don't notice that there's someone, uh, you know, taking off their clothes over there. And you do clap because you're polite and you've got that, (laughs) you know, you're not, you're human beings. So you do that. But for the most part, you just, it's nothing. It's like, this is just normal. This is what's going on. Yeah. This is just background great good for you unless something goes wrong which uh, very seldom did when i when i say this to people they always tell me don't worry they get very well paid or whatever but i find it embarrassing to watch them dance like i just find it i just i just don't enjoy it so eh. it's not my thing that's fair it's not my thing 
I just I just feel for someone who is like literally taking off their clothes and people are walking watching hockey. <laughs> the, like Jesus yeah. Christ! Well, like, that's, it's hockey. that's part of it too. Like I came in to like the old arena is like it was a very rundown place. Like it, it had been there for a long time. Uh-huh. It had been there during the days when Fraser Highway, which runs through Alder Grove, was like an actual like road people took to go places. You know, like this was pre Highway One. You know, stealing all the traffic. Uh, this was when it was like a you know a busy road. People stop. People went to the bar, and so it was a. Obviously, at some point, it was like a booming place or, you know, whatever. And uh, But by the time we were living there, and this is very early on when we moved to Aldergrove, it was already kind of a rundown place. And I went in there, and it was just like a couple of guys, you know, it was like two in the afternoon. So they're in the bar. So, you know, they're not they're not cream, creme de la creme yeah. of bar, bar patrons. These are guys who are there at two in the afternoon yeah. uh, watching this woman uh, dance on stage as I, you know, try to avert my, my gaze and, and quickly walk through the bar to the other side. And um, yeah, it just, just, just to me, it just feels like blah, blah. But at the same time, what I, what's terrible to me now is that like they tore the bar down. Like the uh, Langley Township made a big fuss about about this bar being there, and you know, it's a place of ill repute and blah blah blah. And and uh, so then they they purchased the land and they raised the you know R A Z E E D. Yeah. Raise the bar and just now it's just like an empty lot with that'll a, show nothing nothing on it. It's just like and you know it is appeal to all the all the the blue stockings you know the people who are, could get all like you know per, you know pearl clutchers who are all upset. Oh, they have strippers there and people drink there. Oh my gosh, it's a good idea to tear it all down. So they tore it all down and so yeah, you just I, I guess that's good. I, I don't know progress. I suppose it kept the it kept the uh, rents down. Yeah, that is that, that part is true. <laughs> I guess the one thing that I kind of wonder is like, you know, with stand up, stand. I mean, there still is like stand ups from uh, all right. So I went to I went to college like in the late eighties, mm-hmm. but so you know, and there was stand up then, and I was kind of doing stand up a little bit back then. And there's a certain type of stand up, and you can't do that kind of stand up now because it's just too hacky and old. Like okay. it's just too sleeves rolled up. <laughs> Hey, socks, you know, that kind of <laughs> can't really, it's, you know, it was what it was. And then there was the, your shock. When you say your sleeves are rolled up, are you saying that your suit jacket sleeves are rolled up? Everything's rolled up. <laughs> they roll up your skin, you can see a bit of bone. Okay. It's so rolled up. Uh, but yeah, it was like that kind of thing. And, mm-hmm. you know, you, you can't really do that anymore. And uh, and I think like with, uh, you know, exotic dancing, it's not that different still. Like, it's just like we just locked into this and mm. this is what it's been for decades. Yeah. And it's just strange to me that, like, you know, obviously there's burlesque, which is a little bit different. But if but it feels like there haven't been any innovations or anything. Like, you think, like, any form has changes in some in some way. Yeah. But for the most part, it just feels like it's the uh, same. And it's it's weird to me, like, like, it's not, it's like, it feels like, okay, it feels like... Like it's not like it's an art form, but it feels like if you're a stripper, then you have like practiced That's what you do. Form, you've, sure. you've learned, you've learned all the moves, and you've you figured out, you know how to. Yeah, go, you can do amazing athletic tricks. Yeah, you can hang upside down, and probably then, by one hand. But then it's also, it seems like it's just sort of like a subsidiary income for porn stars, where they just kind of go out on the road. There's also and, that, yeah, and that's a different beast. And strip at places, right? It's and not it's, as much. It's probably not as as 
intricate or or you know it doesn't it doesn't have the athleticism of the unless they started off in the first field and then moved to the second field and are now going back to the third field yeah uh third field i don't know going back to the first field i i'm not sure what i'm even uh saying there but uh yeah yeah it just feels like there's there hasn't been that much uh innovate and and the, the the reason i think of that is because you know if you look at something like you know, pornography, pornography has changed. Yeah. You know, the way pornography goes is very, very different than it used to be. And everything changes. And if you're looking for something, sorry, we're going to get into this kind of conversation. If you're looking for something that's like, whoo, hoo, 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 you know, <laughs> uh, usually what that is, is whatever is new. Yeah. New is the element that like sparks things and you're like, oh, someone's wearing a hat. Ooh, well, I never. Um, <laughs> but yeah. Very they took few, off their hat. Yeah. Very few. It, it, and again, I just like kind of go into this world every so often because something's going on at that venue that I'm doing something else with. But I'm like, yeah. Whereas like burlesque, on the other hand, yeah. it's just gone through, geez, you know, there's always something new <laughs> happening in that world and yeah. real innovation. Mm. Uh, and, and yeah, but in like, you know, number five orangey style stripping just seems like yeah i don't ah. change very much in fact i don't even know if it's called stripping anymore or it's like it's called something else like i'm i call it exotic dancing uh but like well you're very polite yeah there's nothing wrong with it it's you know i'm a i'm a stand-up comic who am i to fucking judge yeah like what i go up there and i don't even i don't even like climb a pole yeah i don't do a physical stunt sure there's nothing wrong with it that's why i call them strippers <laughs> what i miss actually was thinking when you're talking is what i miss now is um when, in the old days, when there'd be ads in the paper for for them, like coming to to a bar near you, and then there'd be like the great names that they would have, you mm-hmm. know, so like Melissa Mounds and Mindy well, that Mounds was when it was a, like the penthouse, and there was yeah, yeah, you know, then there'd be like I remember like walking to various classes that I was taking downtown, yeah, and yeah, there would always be something like on the outside that was like some kind of jokey, interesting poster. They're just like, what's this about? And it just looked like fun and goofy, yeah, and it kind of I think has the same thing now that the burlesque world has mm. it's that kind of goofiness yeah it's like some sort of play on star wars or whatever you know yeah 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 something i don't know you know the bras be with you i don't know what it is <laughs> something something along those lines i can't okay. think of a funny name what am i a person who thinks of funny things star, i guess it is star bras is star bras is not bad <laughs> I mean, That's again, we were talking before the show about how, you know, gross. you went to a night where you saw like Groucho stripping. So, <laughs> you know, that kind of thing. Well, it wasn't that. It was uh, the woman who was dancing was she was doing sort of a deconstructed striptease sort of thing where she turned her back to us. And sort of, it was like a normal one. She had, we had like an overcoat on and she was doing kind of a, you know. Stuff. Yeah. And then she turned her back to us. And when she turned around, she was wearing Groucho glasses. She threw off the coat and she just started like jumping him down like she was jun- doing jumping jacks okay in place okay and that was the end of her act okay but she was doing it as groucho she had she had this, she had like the glasses on I don't oh think just she was, groucho so she was not doing a groucho she wasn't impression. doing a groucho impression she was just doing uh she just had like him on as like a oh, disguise okay. or whatever but it was just kind of like as i said to you it was just sort of weird because it wasn't it was just so nothing like it was just so it was just someone jumping up and down yep like and it was, it was just kind of like, oh, this is like <laughs> weird. This is a strange end to the act. Odd. But did the audience like it? Maybe I don't know. Did the uh, the, the the young person you were sitting next to enjoy it? <laughs> I don't think that was the time that uh, that we went. Well, we went saw Rocky Horror Picture Show with with my my young children. 
Okay. And uh, they had a stripping. They had some strippers opening. Not strippers, burlesque dancers. There's, yeah. a, there's a difference. There is a difference. Because yeah. they only... Stripping is a part of burlesque. There's no nipples. Okay. Just down to the pasties. Except that, yeah, the pasties sometimes don't make it through the whole thing. <laughs> is that right? Yeah. The, the pasties aren't perfect. Yeah. Okay. Pasties aren't perfect. All right. But yeah, I mean... There's times where I, I I see like a burlesque show and I just go, boy, howdy! Like a, I want I want sketch comedy in this town to put in this amount of effort. Like <laughs> holy cow! Like yeah. just the lighting, the sound changes, the mm. costumes. Holy crap! Hey, listen, you know, uh, improv theater over here. What are you doing for your show? Check this out. Well, dude, why can't you do a Star Wars thing? <laughs> you can make the costumes, apparently. And apparently, if it's parody, you can do it. So uh, get on it. Well, come on. You know, I admire effort. <laughs> that's what you're saying. I think that's kind of my, my problem with, uh, you know, exotic dancing for the most part is like I have not seen innovation. Um, and maybe there has been. And maybe you don't see it. And like, you know, if I was looking for innovation in stand up and I was going to Oliver BC on their Wednesday comedy night, maybe that's not where I'd go, stand up could be taking some new directions here. So it's pretty stale. Yeah. Hasn't really advanced too far doing the same jokes. Yeah, that's a good point. But it did feel like back in the day that, uh, the dancers and the stand-ups, we were all in very similar boats, <laughs> staying in very similar rooms, playing yeah. very similar clubs. Uh, you know, they were just making more money than you. They and rightfully so, hundred <laughs> percent rightfully freaking so. <laughs> you know, you know, we did not have to do uh, push-ups afterwards to get in uh, and, and fight and stretches to get in fight and form for our act. <laughs> had to have like a plate of free wings. And then go on, hopefully wiping your uh, hands. Before you got on stage. Before you got on the microphone, yeah. yeah. <laughs> the shared just, microphone. Just shoots out of your hand when you grab it. Yeah. Whoops. Too much chicken wings. It seems uh, it seems like a weird uh, transitional thing here. Okay. Uh, but uh, uh, there's this uh, fellow, I think his name was Andrew Pipoy. Uh, but I enjoy a lot of his posts on um, on Facebook. Okay. And he wrote a book uh, or contributed to a book of The Complete Peanuts. Okay. The Charles Schultz's uh, yeah. Peanuts. Yeah. And uh, the, Is this the Fanographics Complete Peanuts? No. Oh, okay. No, I believe it's... Uh, I'd, I'd have to look what the uh, title is. And so here here I go looking at that. Okay. Yeah, The Complete Fe- Peanuts Family Album, it's called. I so see. it's basically every character that's been in the Peanuts. Mm. And I thought... It might be interesting to have a little chinwag okay. about various obscure characters in Peanuts. Sure. Is this the kind of thing that would interest you, Dave? You know me. I'm a huge fan of Peanuts. Okay. So Particularly what? 12-inch Peanuts. Oh, boy. You couldn't, have, you couldn't have had that in the old thing where we were talking about the exotic dancers, huh? You know, this uh, we <laughs> could have a nice clean edit otherwise. Didn't fit, didn't. You know what? You said it was a weird transition. I just wanted to make it a little more... Appreciate it. You know, kind of smooth from one to the other topic. Now, here's a mystery that uh, we've talked about on this show before. Okay. Um, so I'm going to start with Is this it one. about horses? It's, it's, yeah. How's horse mysteries? Is that coming back soon? Coming back soon, yep. Very nice. This is working on it as we speak. Refresh my memory. Just had an episode drop as well. So I listened we can... to it. It was lots of fun. Good stuff. Uh, our friend Louise um, sent us a, a drink uh, idea based on heat. Yeah. Which was uh, the one. I saw that. Said. So you'll have to mention it on the next episode. Mm-hmm. I'm going to make it to just see how it is. Mm. Uh, okay. So uh, we're talking uh, uh, about uh, 
a Charlie Brown Christmas, I think it's called. Is that That's or it's Christmas Charlie Brown or? No, that's a good point. I think it's, it's the same it Charlie Brown. I think it, it's a, it's a, I think it's uh, get your Brown soul Christmas. in order, Charlie Brown. Charlie Brown Christmas. Charlie Brown Christmas. Yeah. Um, but like you, I know, enjoy the uh, dance scene, the repeated dance scene that's there. Love it. But when I would ask people about it, I would say like. Uh, who are those kids yeah, like, that are in there? Yeah. Like you, you recognize Shermie. The two girls dance. The two twin girls. Who dancing. are the twins dancing? Yeah. Who are the, Who are yeah. they? Are Who's they? Who's the ring- boy doing the Frank the Frankenstein walk? Like the exactly. Kind of sh- who yeah. is that kid? Yeah. So I sort of recognize Shermie. Uh, I'm down with Shermie. Yeah. But like, who are they? And so we looked it up, and uh, there was a, a series of strips in 1963. Okay. Um, with uh, with those girls who were twins, but it, first of all, they introduced their brother. Uh, do you remember what the brother was called? No, I do not. I don't remember these twin girls at all. Okay. Well, the twin girls, uh, the brother's name was uh, Five. Oh, now I am starting to remember this. His yeah. full name was 555-95472, but was Five for short. Sure. Because the father uh, believed uh, so many numbers these days were all about... Uh, uh, losing their identity, so he decided to. Everyone in the family got a number and not a name. So, okay, okay, go ahead. No, no, no. all right. So, uh, so we meet five. Yeah, and and uh, gets the normal greeting from uh, Charlie Brown. Charlie Brown, meet five, and Charlie Brown, of course, says, "Good grief." <laughs> uh, or oh no, yes, yeah. and so then. Um, uh, Basically, how we react when we hear uh, Elon Musk's names for his children. Yes. So yeah, it's not a million miles away. Uh, there is, there should be a real peanuts predicted it. Uh, but when you meet the twins, those are his younger sisters, and they introduce themselves to uh, to Lucy. Yeah, uh, it's three and four. Okay, and their last name is nine five four seven two. Huh. Yeah, and so uh, they I kind said, of point out their their dad was a bit of a kook. Yeah. And also, uh, our dad gets accept, uh, upset easily lately. He says his head hurts. <laughs> yeah. And, uh, and there you go. And apparently, you know, uh, despite the supposed convenience, having a number for a name isn't as easy as you might think. Snoopy can't tell if five is pronounced like five or like the Roman numeral V, mm. and Five's teacher can't seem to pronounce his last name correctly. Apparently the accent was on the four, not the two. <laughs> so that was a character that had uh, yeah. a little bit of novelty to it. There we go. Fun. Uh, um, here's a, here's a, a character that I had totally forgotten about. Okay. Uh, see if you can guess their name. They are... Uh, they are from the 80s, so that's okay. a little bit like later on. Okay. All right. Uh, you can actually, if you want to, just take a look at uh, her look. Yeah, I can see her. I can see her. All right, her. without reading the name. Yeah. Uh, they are also named after a food, much like Peppermint Patty was. Okay. Oh. What? And now the the, the deal with this uh, character. Yeah. They got uh, curly blonde hair. Sure. Uh, and uh, their dad says, with their smile, uh, they the two of them together can make a million dollars. Hmm. With the blonde hair and the smile, they can make a million dollars. What is the name? The dad's in licensing, by the way. What is the name of this character that was kind of built to be licensed? I huh, I don't know. Built to be licensed in the 1980s. Huh. She's named after a food. Yes. It two, uh, it's a two-word name, much like Peppermint Patty. Okay. Oh, I don't know. I just, I'm going to give you the last name. Okay. Pudding. Pudding. What is the first name? It's not Jello, is it? No. No, it wouldn't be that chocolate. No. No, because it's uh, vanilla. No. Lemon. Nope. 
Jim, what about your hair color? Her her hair color is a uh, blonde. Yeah, beautiful blonde so think, hair. That's why I said lemon. So, oh, that's silly me. It should be. It must be lemon. Um, pudding, instant pudding, <laughs> tapioca, <laughs> tapioca. It was tapioca. I didn't see that coming, everyone. Uh, pudding. Kay. Here's a little trivia question for you. Yeah. Who was uh, Charlie Brown's baseball hero? Who was his baseball? Mentioned hero? quite a bit. Yes, he was. I'll give you his first name, Joe. First name is Joe. It's not Joe DiMaggio. No. No, that would be too too well known. Who was it? Joe Schlobotnik. Joe Schlobotnik. Who was a real person, was he? I, I, I don't know. I don't, I don't, yeah. This is uh, there, there, there's all I got to say. <laughs> Charlie Brown uh, ran at one point. A uh, uh, He was in another neighborhood. Yeah. And he ran a uh, baseball team. And he was successful. Very successful. That's a great part of that. So successful. That's a great part they of that. They were fantastic. Yeah, yeah. These, these kids, oh my gosh, they were so good. <laughs> uh, what was the name of the team? I have no idea. Goose eggs. The goose eggs? Because Charlie Brown told them that uh, uh, nothing uh, was uh, another way of saying nothing was a goose egg. Yeah. And they went like, yeah, we're the goose eggs. <laughs> okay. But they were good though. Once upon a time. Yeah. Charlie Brown uh, started to get a rash on the back of his head. Okay. It was uh, shaped like something. Uh, it was shaped like... It fit for the shape of his head. What, did he look like a baseball? Yes. It looked like a baseball. <laughs> That's right. So he uh, disguised himself okay. and he was going to camp. What was his name at camp? Oh my God. This is another one where he was like super successful and popular Super successful. Incredibly oh, this successful. This was a great. That was a great run. Yeah, I can't remember. Very what similar in look to a famous comedian. <laughs> um, did did his name reference that or did not? No, it didn't. His name did not reference the famous comedian, no. but his name described what he looked like. His first name was Mister. Second name was the kids called him Mister. Oh, I can't. Is Mister Glasses? What was he wearing to disguise himself? Oh, a paper bag. Paper bag. He was Mister Sack. Mister Sack. Now, one and uh, he took off the the uh, the sack at one point, and the gig was up. Yeah. Um, and so was this. So was the popularity. That's right. Uh, and his rash went away, Mr. and he Sack. doesn't look like a baseball. Unfortunately, he looked up at the sky. Yeah. And the sun looked like something. What did the sun look like? The sun had changed form. Yeah. And it looked like... I don't remember. It looked like uh, Alfred E. Newman. <laughs> that's great. I didn't remember that part of it. Oh, that's okay. funny. Yeah. It's, do you know what? It's been so many years since I read it. I peanuts. know. It's crazy. I know. It's crazy because I loved it so much as a kid and it's like defined me. Yeah, me too. Uh, okay, here we go. Loved him so much I would... I would steal i would wouldn't steal the characters but i would steal charles schultz's jokes and redraw them with my own characters oh because i couldn't think of i couldn't think of like good four panel strips i thought his were like so so perfect so i would just steal his snoopy is not an only child david he's got many like spike and uh okay yeah you got spike that's one of them (laughs) for sure spike is definitely one of uh snoopy's brothers who lived in needles california that's absolutely correct but yeah I know there's other ones. There's that chubby one. Yeah, there's, that's right. There is the chubby one. But I don't remember the what name. What is their name? I don't remember I don't remember that, that uh, character's name. There was... That's Olaf. Oh, that's right. And there's Andy, who's kind of a furry version of Snoopy. Wasn't there, a, there was a, a female one, too, wasn't there? There certainly is. What is their name? Because she was like... Th- they have the same name as a famous Disney character. Let's go with that. Oh, really? A modern Disney character. A modern Disney Modern-ish. Character. Okay. Oh, I don't know. I'm sorry. Bell. Oh, Bell. Okay. Yep. 
Yes, because they were all from the same uh, puppy. They were all, as puppies, they were all ad- adopted. So. From which farm? Oh, guys. Boy. Daisy Hill Puppy Daisy Farm. Daisy Hill Puppy Farm. Yeah. yeah. Nice. Yeah. I'm trying to see if they actually name uh, Snoopy's mother and father. No, they don't. There was pic- there was pictures of them, but uh, mm. Mm. we don't. Oh, that's nice. <laughs> yeah. Of course, you know Woodstock. How could you not know Woodstock? That would be crazy. I don't know any of the names of the other birds, though. And I don't think... Uh, I don't know I, if they ever were ever named, though. Oh, I would be surprised if they weren't. Hmm. I would be surprised if they weren't. Uh, let's see. Okay, yeah, there was uh, Charlie Brown's tent mate. It was the one who just told him to uh, shut up and leave him alone. It was that kid. <laughs> That's a pretty obscure kid. Yeah. Uh, here's a question for you. Rerun Van Pelt, okay. which is the uh, other... Brother of Linus and, That's and, correct. and Lucy, yeah. Um, what uh, what year did uh, rerun Van Pelt come out? I'll give you you have one of two chances. He was mentioned in one year. He finally got shown in another year. I think it was pretty early on. I'm going to say like sixty nine or something like that. It was seventy two and seventy three. Ah, uh, still pretty early on. Pretty early on. You're right. There we go. Because the weird thing about for me as a kid reading Charlie Brown is I mostly read like the '60s collections. And so the 70s one seemed incredibly, like, new. You know what I mean? Like, when you read, like, a 70s one, you're like, oh, there's, like, a new brother in these? <laughs> mm-hmm. But I thought, so as a kid, I thought those were, like, brand new. Like, but, uh, look, although, thinking back now, I probably was reading those books around 72, 73, so. Okay. So you're about the right age. What year did Joe Cool come into existence? <laughs> well, was Joe Cool? I don't remember Joe Cool in the comics, I remember yeah. him on the TV show. No, Joe Cool was in the comics. Oh, wow. Okay. Here's Joe Cool hanging around the student union. Hey, Joe, <laughs> says Linus, how'd you do in chemistry today? That chemistry is a drag, man. Joe oh. Cool uh, can't worry about chemistry when he's busy yeah. hanging around the student union. <laughs> I'm going to say 64. 71. Very so late. Close. Very close. Oh. Very close, very close. But he was he came along early enough that, that there's a... A Joe Cool theme for him that was written by Joe Cool, yeah, written by the same guy who did like the Christmas music and stuff. Yep, his name has slipped my mind, but I. What was the thing about Charlie Brown's tent mate, the one who was always shut up and leave me alone? What made him a unique character? I don't know. Never saw his face. Never saw his face. Okay. Yep, that's right. We got reruns classmates. Yeah, (laughs) we got a lot of stuff. Anyway, there we go. That was that for that. That was a great book, by the way. Mm Hmm. Lots of great drawings in it too. I got to, uh, yeah, you got to get the hardcover <laughs> version of it. I just have it on the iPad here, but yeah, ah, uh, oh, it's a delight. Did you ever see the Charlie Brown musical? Uh, Your good man, Charlie Brown, live? No, I've never even seen it. It's dead. Oh, very good. We used to uh, we used to have the album for it, so I memorized all the songs as a kid, and I've seen it performed live like three times. I've seen the Snoopy musical uh, once. It's not as good. Okay, yeah. I, um, but I saw it because I was dating Snoopy at the time. <laughs> wow. So you think you like peanuts. <laughs> I put in the effort. Um, <laughs> true, true confessions. I've never, I've never seen like Bon Voyage, Charlie Brown or. Full name, please. Full name, full name for that movie, please. Bon Voyage, bon Voyage Charlie Brown and. Don't come back. Yes, correct. <laughs> I've never seen, I've never seen like the movies. Snoopy Come Home was the first movie I remember crying at. Okay. Yeah. I've never seen it. I've never seen them. I watched the specials up up to a point. 
No, I watched a lot of specials. I watched. I even watched the aerobics one. Is, is it also like I know it's you're a good, excuse for that one to exist. It's a good man. You're a good man. Charlie Brown is the musical. Hmm. Is it also the name of the one where he's in the spelling bee? Like, is it also the name of the animated film? It's like the first. Is there an anime? I don't know. Yeah, there's a there's, first. The first animated film. <laughs> I should make uh, a point of watching these. You should because they're very high quality. Mm. Like if you like the old timey, I do like peanuts, the old timey peanuts. It's cartoons. that seriously taken up a notch. Yeah, uh, but with the same you know uh, music and the same mm. acting style. Yeah. Uh, yeah, boy. You know, you know what would probably have something on this is this book. <laughs> <laughs> no, I think you'd be in for a treat seeing the one about uh, about the spelling bee. That was that was quite good. Okay. Yeah, Bon Voyage, Charlie Brown, and don't come back. Uh, don't worry about it. I, I feel I feel like that's one where Snoopy is uh, driving a car around France, and yeah, like at okay. that point, you're just like, no, the kids can't go to France. The kids can't like you can dream about France. Yeah. I have no problem with Snoopy dreaming that he's World War One flying ace that yeah, yeah. crashed in France. Yeah. And he's drinking root beers with the pretty French girl who's Marcy. Uh, that's fine, but. Them all flying to France, unaccompanied minors, and then Snoopy somehow <laughs> renting a car. You know, I mean, yeah, let's be honest. If Snoopy's driving a car in France, yeah. Snoopy has stolen a car. No one is giving a dog a car, and uh, mm. no, no one's giving a dog a car. Nope. You know, the nope. Fr- French are different. Nope. They're nope. different they're not, people. They're not that different. They're different people. They're not that. They're different. very supportive of dogs. No, they're not. All right, you're a good man, Charlie Brown. Is that? Hey, I wonder. Ugh, I feel uh, I feel bad about this because I'm I'm reading a book that honestly should should have that information. Okay, yeah, I'm yeah. going to look it up in a different way. So okay, please uh, please vamp, <laughs> please vamp. Yeah. Well, oh, I'd see if I vamp, I, I would want to change the the topic, and I don't want to. Okay, who's your favorite too. Peanuts character? Hit me with that. <laughs> oh, probably Linus. Okay, I always like Linus. Okay, it was called a boy named Charlie Brown. A boy that named was the Charlie first Brown. One. Okay, yeah, that's right. Okay. So watch a boy named Charlie Brown. Okay, that one's just solid. That's Money in the Bank. Okay. In the Bank. Uh, Snoopy Come Home, pretty okay. good. Okay, I might be. You know, uh, a boy named Charlie Brown is sixty nine. Uh, Snoopy Come Home is seventy two. Yep. It was the film that they used to show at the library for free quite a bit. Okay. So you know that's where I And then then it was Race for Your Life, Charlie Brown. It's okay. It's a camp one. Is it's it a okay. whitewater rafting? Whitewater rafting one. I think I've seen a bit of that. On, that's, on a, that's okay. It's seventy-seven. They're yeah. not. It's not terrible. Okay. It's it's basically of the level of uh, it's Arbor Day, Charlie Brown. <laughs> like I feel, I feel it's kind of, I, I feel so it's one where they they sneak a couple of adults sure, in the background yeah. for no damn reason. Okay, that's bad. It wasn't as bad as you know the worst of all those. Uh, specials which was uh snoopy's getting married charlie brown and they just full out just go yeah there's a bunch of adults in the background like no yeah no there's not bad what are you doing yeah i i had given up by that point yeah bon voyage charlie brown don't come back was uh 1980 Hmm. and then it's it's an adventure charlie brown and then the peanuts movie that was in that was just a couple of years ago (laughs) but apparently pretty good that one I you can change the topic if you don't like. Don't know if I no no it's fine. I don't need to change the topic. I I enjoy talking about peanuts. It's just that I it's I, available on Betamax, by the way. A boy named Charlie Brown. Oh well, good. I wonder if it would be on Apple Plus because don't they have like the the specials on there? Could be. It's also available. You'll like this. Yep. Laserdisc. Oh, Laserdisc. Yeah, it's on VHS, Betamax, CED. Don't know what that is. Laserdisc, DVD, and Blu-ray. All right. So you got no excuse for not seeing no that ex- one. Really, I don't. Yeah. Besides a dis- disinclination to own DVDs, um, I don't mind renting them, but I don't want to own them. 
and then uh, then we got all the uh, all this all the oh man they listed all the specials holy shit here's a good question okay um okay, this is a really good trivia question yeah okay so in 65 we got uh charlie brown christmas and then halloween the great pumpkin it's the great pumpkin charlie brown no it's not as a thanksgiving one next no this is my question oh 1966 yeah. is it's the great pumpkin charlie brown yeah but before then yeah. 1966 there was another special that was not um that was not uh holiday based what was that? There we go, Mr. Smarty Pants Magoo. Wow, yeah. Thinking we're going from Christmas yeah, to all the way to Halloween. Yeah, uh, well, yeah, that's, yeah. Hey, whoa, slow it. That's the one you remember. Pump them brakes. I doubt I've ever seen this one, if it does exist. Uh, it came out June 8th, which was my birthday. Yeah. 1966, a year before I was born. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And I do remember this one, and actually it was pretty good. Is it, they passed the Civil Rights Act, Charlie Brown? Yeah, that's right. Yeah. Were there at the lunch counter? <laughs> And Snoopy eats all the sandwiches. And then he's like, Snoopy, this is a civil rights thing. And he goes, <laughs> What's it called? Uh, it's called uh, Charlie Brown's All-Stars. I think that was one about, wow. uh, yeah, yeah, it was about baseball. baseball. Obviously baseball, but yeah. Yep. I don't think I've ever seen it. Okay, well then. Have was, you seen it? I have seen it, yeah. Okay. Uh, it, the Great Pumpkin Charlie Brown was the next one. You're absolutely yeah. right. Any clue what the next one was? No, you don't know what the next one was. I would assume it's the Thanksgiving specials, because that one kind of stands up pretty well. It was a Valentine's Day one. Oh. Called You're in Love, Charlie Brown. He didn't get any cards in the, any Valentine cards. Followed up by... Yeah. He's Your Dog, Charlie Brown. Hmm. I'm really not. It was a short summer, Charlie Brown. (laughs) Play it again, Charlie Brown. Wow. You're not elected, Charlie Brown. That's right. He had a no confidence vote. (laughs) Uh, there's no so, time for love, Charlie Brown. Okay. A Charlie Brown Thanksgiving. Now we're cooking. So now you're like Charlie Brown. Is that when he was Speaker of the House? Yep. And yeah, okay. yeah, there was a vote of no confidence. Yeah. Uh, then It's a Mystery, Charlie Brown. I'm just going to go up to 1980. Okay. It's a Mystery, Charlie Brown. What yeah. was the next holiday one after that? You know what we've been through now? We've been through Halloween. We've been through Thanksgiving. Okay. We've been through Christmas. Yeah. What are we doing? It's got to be Arbor Day. Wrong. <laughs> <laughs> it's not Arbor Day? Okay. Nope. It's, um, what would be the next holiday? I guess Easter. Mm-hmm. What's the name of that one? It's the Great Egg, Charlie Brown. It's the Easter Beagle, Charlie Brown. <laughs> it's the Easter Beagle. Oh, that's a good one. Yeah. Now we're back to Valentine's. Be my Valentine, Charlie Brown. Okay. You're a good sport, Charlie Brown. Sure he is. Uh, and then, yes, you're right. It's Arbor Day, Charlie Brown. I never heard of that. That's where this all special. goes off the rails for me. <laughs> By the time we're on Arbor Day, forget it. We've run out of holidays. It's your first kiss, Charlie Brown. That's right. the next one. Yeah. You're on second base, Charlie Brown. Oh, I don't like Wait where this is going. No. What a nightmare, Charlie Brown. Oh. That was a scary one. Okay. Oh, do you remember that one? I don't. That one. That one's uh, worth a watch. That's the one where Snoopy is a spoiled dog. And he's really spoiled. Yeah. And then he becomes, he goes to sleep yeah. and he dreams that he is uh, um, uh, a snow dog. Yeah. Like he's on a, a, a tra- and, and it's really hard. And he's like, he's crying because he's like so tired and he's so hungry. And yeah, yeah. all the other dogs are, he can't have no food. Yeah, yeah. And then finally, like, he just loses his shit. Huh? And I think he bites one of the other dogs and the other dog like freaks out about it. And then like he becomes head dog. <laughs> And he takes over. Sounds like a nightmare. Sounds like it's pretty good. It was it was hard up to a certain point, yeah, and yeah. then he like gets his sense of self confidence, and uh, and uh, yeah, gets he was being very disrespectful to all the other peanuts. Oh man, you know I thought I was like a I thought I was a Charlie Brown fan. I, and I, yeah. I then I'll just I'm wrap up. You're the greatest Charlie Brown, this. and she's a good skate Charlie Brown. 
That was the final ones? Uh, for 1980. Oh, okay. So I was just going to stop at 1980. Yeah, there was another yeah. one in 1980 called Life is a Circus, Charlie Brown. Mm. Yeah. And that it's just it's a garbage dump after that. It's horrible. There's one that I hate so much that I I would burn all prints if I could. Oh, what's what's that one besides uh, Snoopy? Is it got something married? Homecoming, Charlie Brown? That's one where there's a big football game, and it's just so annoying because oh yeah, okay. Because Lucy keeps pulling the ball away, and then all the teammates are mad at Charlie Brown for missing the the kicks, and you're like, can you not see that this person is pulling away the ball? Like it yeah. was so frustrating for me, and I and I have to admit I was kind of sick that night. I had a bit of a headache, and it just added to my my discomfort. I was so mad at that. The whole I was mad the whole time. My advice to you would be to see that first Charlie Brown movie. Okay. But also, uh, Charlie Brown's All Stars is available on Apple Plus. Okay, I'll give so it. I'll give, give it a watch. Give I'll that report, one a go. I'll report it next week, and I'll give you guys a. This is dangerously review. close to becoming its own podcast. <laughs> <laughs> you I would have to. It. You would have to watch Peanut stuff. Uh, like they like they did with the James Bonding show, which is watch the early ones and watch a late one. Watch the early ones, watch a late one, and work your way yeah, to the middle. Yeah. Otherwise, you would just have such diminishing returns. <laughs> it would start with two fresh-faced podcast hosts and end with like, you think you're great? We don't want to be fucking doing this either. You shut up. Yeah. That's Snoopy right. ate Woodstock, Charlie Brown. <laughs> Fine. Who cares? The question is... The question is, to me, is why did they Vic get Sage. bad? Vic Sage is the question. Why did they get mad? But why did they get bad? Like, why? Yeah. Is it just that, do we... Bill Melendez was around. Charlie, Charles, Charles Schultz, Schultz was still around. He was, well, he was the only one who wrote them. Yeah, what's going on? He wouldn't let other people write them. And, and just to say, if you read the comics from that time, not bad. They're still good. They're weird, but yeah. they're not bad. Yeah. They just get, like, it. it consistently gets strange. Yeah. You know, but like... The, the the specials weren't even strange. They were just sloppy and mm. <laughs> yeah. They just they they just were like yeah. yeah the last like, one was called "It's Good Enough, Charlie." Brown. <laughs> <laughs> Keep on playing those changes, Charlie Brown, because it just felt like they're just like they had like one kind of they had like an established set of of gags, and they would just recycle them endlessly. Mm-hmm. And then, but also like you know, there's the it's aerobics and Snoopy and stuff like that, where he's like Snoopy's, yeah. Snoopy's doing aerobicizing and things. And there's not even like backgrounds. This is like those sort of like watercolored splooshed, you know, yeah, purple backgrounds. And then he's just like doing some some. Aerobics. Just like there's not even any work in this. No one's yeah. doing anything. This no, Spider Man is swinging by from a backshot cartoon. <laughs> suddenly it's Dimension Five, yeah, or whatever it was called. Um, yeah, it's just. Uh, yeah. yeah, why did they get bad? Why did they get bad? Because, like... Charles Schultz is still fine. He yeah. was fine. You'd see him in interviews. He's mm. fine. He's on the ball. Yeah. Why does he think uh, it's magic Charlie Brown is worthwhile? <laughs> why did he think Snoopy getting married made sense? Uh, maybe that's... Who pitched that? And someone went, yep. I mean, I think there's that part... There's that part... And I've talked about it before, but there's that part in the interview with Gary Groth, when Gary Groth of Fanographics was able to do, like, a big extensive interview with, with Charles Schultz. And it's a really good interview. There's a, a part in the interview where Gary Garth basically confronts him with the question that all of us asked at that time as fans of Peanuts, which is, why are you, why are they such sellouts? Like, why is Peanuts character selling insurance? Why are Peanuts characters, you know, being this, you know, hoard out to all these yeah. things? Which felt like when you're a teenager, you love these characters as a kid, and then you you reach a point where you're just kind of like, what's going on? Like these characters just feel like they just feel like they're just like being whored out to all these, mm-hmm. you know, big companies and stuff. Like, what is this about? And I think the cartoons are probably the same way. Like, why are we just watching these endless reiterations of these 
same gags over and over again. Like it's this is boring. And you know, and he's asking Schultz this, and Schultz says, Well, the reason I did these things is because I have like a lot of a lot of charities I support. Yeah. And then Groth is like, well, what are they? And then and then Schultz says, well, if you'll turn off the microphone, I'll tell you what they are. And then Gary Groth says, you know, he just has a note, editor's note saying, you know, the mic was turned off and Schultz listed a an a um extensive list of charities that he that he yeah, supported. Yeah, that makes sense. And so to him, it was more valuable to use these characters to raise money for for uh, these charities than it was to be artistically um what's the word artistically pure pure yeah okay but my yeah. question on that is how does that take away from the strips like like i don't see yeah i don't see the strips being t- like they're not talking about met insurance in the strips. <laughs> no i know you know but the strips were good i think that's the thing like the strips were untainted yeah. by whatever was going Whereas on around. The, i think the animated cartoons just suffered from too much there's just too much. Well, I, I wouldn't say that the the that the the animated the you know, stuff was like there were sellouts or anything. Yeah, but yeah. I, oh, I see what you're saying. You're saying yeah. like he took the money for the specials, even though the specials weren't quite ready. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, that bread's done. Yeah, no, it's yeah. not. It's uncooked. <laughs> eh, it's fine. We'll put it out. We'll yeah, do another yeah. one. Who gives yeah. a shit? Yeah, yeah. Okay, like he was just fair. churning out scripts eventually, where he's just kind of like he's probably like. You know, he's making doing the daily strips. He's doing the weekend the weekend strip. He's drawing because yeah. no, he had no assistance. So he's drawing. Like if there's an ad image, he he drew it. If there's a if there's a you know if there there's like a Met one or whatever, he drew those pictures. Yeah, the only you know? thing he didn't draw like that was kind of like that was the comic books. It was the comic books? Yeah, yeah. And and once again, he probably licensed it and just took that money and just gave it to some charity or whatever. He didn't, didn't need it. Uh, but yeah, so I, he probably was just like, okay, well, you know, X. And this and that, they need some money, so I'll, you know, just we'll just do a quick script, and I'll send it to Bill, and Bill will animate it, and we'll just put it on, and yeah. Dolly, Dolly Madison will will uh, give us money for it, and then we'll or whoever wants to sponsor it, and then you know that'll and that money can go to whoever. Yeah. Also, like the, I mean, the first uh, Charlie Brown special was uh, the Christmas one, and that was sponsored by Coca Cola to yeah. the point where they have to cut off the beginning now <laughs> yeah. because it's like it says Coca Cola, brought to you by your family at coca-cola or whatever yeah yeah uh so once you've like gotten into bed with coca-cola sorry who's worse yeah. like what's it matter then <laughs> yeah you know it's yeah. just like this is this is what sure. it is sure. but yeah you're right I, th- I don't think that the strip itself uh suffered for any of that and yeah. and the, and the even, you know i don't think but I, to be honest i don't think the early specials suffered from it either and to be fair i mean the first one came out at a time when all shows had a sponsor yeah you know like there was the in the early days of television a show would have one sponsor and they would pay for that show, whether it was Ford or whoever, they were the sponsor of that show. Sure. And so, you Texaco know, comedy hour. Yeah. If you watch the fugitive from that time period, he only drives a Ford. Everyone in the show has a Ford car, right? There's no other car ma- maker in existence in the world of the fugitive of that time period because their sponsor was Ford. And so Ford paid for that show to be made. Which is weird now. Like it doesn't doesn't work that way. Yeah, the slogan for yeah. Ford used to be "I, I didn't kill my wife." <laughs> I didn't kill my wife. That's Ford. <laughs> I didn't kill my wife. Ford. Ford. Look out for the one armed man. But when should be an easy fight when you find him because you know you got you're a two armed doctor who seems yeah. to be working out quite a bit, um, <laughs> and the other guy's just got one arm and he seems to be on the run for the law and having a hard time. So <laughs> when it actually happens and you meet him, I'm yeah. sure it's going to be. Boom! The end. <laughs> this is the longest ad to a copy I've ever heard. Yeah. What the hell can they fit that? Here's in my advice: hit him twice. <laughs> well, he did confront him in the end. He yeah. did, but they went up a tower. Yeah. And yeah. once again, 
if you're climbing a tower and you can't race a guy up a ladder who's got one arm, well, you're not trying. He, you know. Um, yeah, I'm not too sure like when it changed over, like when it switched from that to having like a bunch of different ads run, but you know, during shows and stuff. I guess it probably just got more expensive, and so they had to like change how they did. Here's their, their a, here's model. a bit of trivia for you for for me, and just this is my life trivia. Okay. Okay. Uh, I've met some cartoonists in my life. I don't believe it. Okay, fair enough. But I've met some cartoonists in my life. All right. Uh, some alternative. Uh, I will go along with And this. I'm just going to go yeah. with strips right now. Let's okay. say the uh, I used to work for the person who did Life in Hell. Uh, I've met uh, Jeff Jeffy from Family Circus. Yes. Uh, some stuff with some other people. You've met Greg, Greg Evans. I've met Greg Evans. That's, that's correct. Yeah. Absolutely everyone that I've met who is a cartoonist. Yes. Uh, is exactly like you think they would be. There is no discrepancy okay. at all. Yeah. I mean, exactly. Hmm. There is no, oh, this is what they put out to the general public, yeah. but they're really like this, 100%. Interesting. Absolutely like you think they would be. And from everything I've heard from a person I know who knew Charles Schultz, yeah. exactly like you think they would be. Yeah. You know, yeah. There's no like, but the dark side was. <laughs> Never, none of that. At all, and yeah. they don't seem to have, you know. Well, there was some ill. There was some bad feeling from the kids to their dad uh, because they he divorced their mom. Yeah, and married married Jeannie Schultz. Um, but once again, if you do, if you read the story, his first wife suffered from depression, and it was you know there was a lot of problems there with that and so you know eventually the marriage kind of broke down around that okay but if you're a fan of peanuts i am do you a fan th- of peanuts. right do you do you think that the person who wrote peanuts, peanuts uh it had like long-term successful you know relationships with no you know being a blockhead like if the whole <laughs> yeah, thing is yes, listen yeah. we're all real <laughs> fucked up even yeah, kids yeah. you know yeah yeah no you're right yeah you know, I heard he didn't like Christmas. Did you see the beginning of a Charlie Brown Christmas? Where it's like, I'm so depressed. Christmas is just dragging me down. I was like, mmm. Yeah, listen, it's nothing but spilled beans in these strips, people. In fact, there should be a strip called Spilled Beans. Yeah. Um, you know, you're right. I, 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 I will say, I assume that you're right. Because, uh, yeah, and he seemed he seemed like a nice person, for sure. Like, really supportive of other cartoonists. Yeah. And... and uh, Obviously, had very supportive of the guy who did Mutts, for for example, mm-hmm. yeah, mm-hmm. and had obviously we've said we had numerous charities that relied solely on his his support, mm-hmm. and that I'm sure are still being supported now mm-hmm. because you know the beat goes on with that. Yeah, built an ice rink in his on his property and it's used, to hide a body underneath it's it, used by 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 the people the people who live in that area. <laughs> It wasn't like a private ice rink. It was a public rink for people to use because he he had an ice rink in in, in Minnesota, wherever he lived, you know, in the the north the northeast, and so he wanted to have that experience available for kids that lived in in California. So, well, that's neat. He put put in a an ice rink, yeah, and it's still there, still operating. Yeah, it's it's the kind of thing where you think like if I had money, you know, this kind of things that you would uh, that you would want to do, mm. and then you get into like kind of Jim Davis type things where you just go, here's like a, a private plane with Garfield's face on it. <laughs> yeah, I mean, yeah, yeah. But, but to be honest, he's a lot like Garfield. Mm. 
Yeah, that's something Garfield would do. Yeah. And then they serve lasagna on the flight. They don't fly on Mondays. They don't fly on Mondays. That's right. If there's any dogs, he'll kick them off. Kick them off the plane in midair. <laughs> <laughs> but to be fair, he is like Garfield. He is like Garfield. Yeah. You know, he is what you expect. Yep. 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 That's that's interesting. There's one thing uh, that, uh, that kind of, they have a couple of little strips in here, uh, you know, sample strips. And one thing that does still bother me in there is when... Uh, you know, someone when Snoopy thinks something, and yeah. then someone responds. You know, with something that a response that would only work if you knew what Snoopy was thinking. It's sure. like they're not telepathic. Very readable, very readable knock face. It, knock it His off. His face is so is it such a giveaway? But I'm going to tell you, yeah, what a good decision they made uh, in the animated series, not having Snoopy's uh, voice, yeah, not pulling a Garfield, yeah, yeah, yeah. Tough, I mean, that's a tough call. You're thinking like you're losing a lot of jokes. <laughs> How are you going to get across Joe Cool? Yeah, yeah. When we can't hear his thoughts, he's yeah. just a dog wearing sunglasses. That's it, though, isn't it? Yeah, that's really all it is. You just you have like Linus go by and go. Yeah. There's Joe Cool. He's hanging by the. How do you know? <laughs> the dog put on some sunglasses. <laughs> are you making up Joe Cool? I mean, the only thing that there I was could... a song that was playing, and I think oh, you could hear the Linus song. Heard the song, yeah, yeah. yeah. It's uh, the, it's diegetic. It's not just uh, right. It's not just as a little as a little kid, yeah. what bothered me, I think, a little bit about that was like sometimes they would have a thing where they couldn't understand what Snoopy wants. Snoopy, what is it? Yeah. What do you want, boy? Yeah. And they were pulling a lassie type thing <laughs> and couldn't hear his thoughts. Yeah, it was like. He's got a typewriter. He types <laughs> novels. He can he, write English. Does he do it? Yes, though? he does. It was a dark and stormy night. I know, I know. But and then he's, he writes real hack stuff. So hack that when he sends it to publishers, he gets rejection notices. But you know something those publishers yeah, yeah. probably don't know? Yeah. It's a dog. <laughs> That's right. They'd be way more impressed yeah. if they knew who was writing it. Also, how is he getting mail at his doghouse? Yeah. Like, is his do- is, is this real, though? Isn't it just like the, the dream Do you book? think he's just making that yeah, up? Yeah, it's just like his World War I don't know. Flying, Lucy flying. seems to be able to read those letters real good. Oh, okay. I, I, I don't know the whole... It's hard to remember now. Like I say, it's been a right. long time since I sat down and read Peanuts. Yeah, you sure. want to have at least one story where at some point... You know, like Charlie Brown's grandparents or something, you know, uh, were playing with Snoopy yeah. and just telling stories about World War One to the dog because no one else would listen. Because <laughs> yeah, yeah. no, everyone else was bored with the stories sure, of Grandpa sure. and World You know, when I fought in World War One, here's yeah. what happened. The dog's just absorbing it all <laughs> and like immediately goes and has a nap and then dreams that he's the, the pilot. Now we've justified it. Mm. Yeah. Oh, by the way, here's some trivia for you. Yeah. See if you can get this. Okay. Uh, wh- where does uh, where does Charlie Brown's grandmother live? Where does Charlie Brown's grandmother live? I guess they do a joke in that with Shermie. Yeah, where Shermie goes, you know, in the old days, okay, uh, people had to go over the river and to the woods, yeah. to grandmother's house, yeah. And Charlie Brown says, oh, we don't need to do that, yeah, because where does grandmother live? This wouldn't be Petaluma. Nope. <laughs> okay, in the apartment above them. Oh, really? Yes. I, don't I know this opens apartment. this opens a whole uh, this opens opens a whole can of worms, doesn't it? I mean, it makes you, sense. Cause... Yeah, you're thinking like, wait, Charlie Brown lives in an apartment. Yeah, that's and like, weird. wait a minute, no, but how can he have a dog going to the back door of his apartment? Exactly. This this there's, there's problems. Yeah, but it's it's there in the joke. Yeah, and Charles Schultz wrote the joke, so yeah. we have to like we have to make it work. <laughs> make it work. That's crazy. Hmm. The mm-hmm. only thing I can think, yeah, I've seen no evidence to tell me, yeah, that uh, that uh, Charlie Brown's parents uh, live together. 
I think what could be yeah. uh, is mom lives in a house. Okay. You got the dog. And then dad, barber guy, <laughs> yeah. who's probably as much of a loser as Charlie Brown, let's be honest. Mm-hmm. You could see that he'd be living in an apartment building with his mom above him. Okay. That sounds real All right. possible. And just Charlie Brown is a child of divorce. And it's not mean. something that even Lucy doesn't go, hey, your parents aren't even <laughs> married, Charlie Brown. Doesn't uh, doesn't, it's doesn't so, slam it's him so, on that. So tender, it's such a tender. It's such thing. a tender topic. They're yeah, not, yeah, they're not even going to get into that. I'm going to go in there. Hmm. Maybe. Yeah. Maybe. I'm gonna I'm gonna change gears now. Please do. I'm gonna change gears because I had a. As long as we're still talking about World War One, I'm fine. <laughs> nope, it's not World War One. Oh damn it! World War Dave. World War Two. World War World War Me. World War Me. I am. Lisa and I went to the art gallery the other day. Okay. We went and saw. We saw some interesting stuff. The, uh, this is totally unrelated, but one interesting it was a it was a display of modern fashions, like future fashions, basically. Like, yes. And uh, it was really it was interesting. But one of the things that my, I, my wife and my sister in law both went to see that. Oh, a la di da! They went to the museum. Well, aren't they fancy? But well, so did I. What am I doing? Anyway, so um, <laughs> I uh, I went to the we went to the museum as well. But anyhow, so we um, but one thing I saw that was really. Uh, made me really happy to see were these it was like a puffer jacket display you know mm-hmm. puffer jackets like sure and they had these ones that were like these sort of really modern like full length like like you know like uh snowsuit puffer jacket kind of things with these with these big rolls in the front of them and stuff like kind of like you could have like a tent in them or whatever and i saw those and i was like i took pictures of them and i and lisa's like oh i did take pictures i was like because if they made a movie version of uh, the Left Hand of Darkness, the the Ursula K. Le Guin book, these would be so perfect for the characters to wear. I don't know why I was taking pictures of them. But anyway, they would be perfect. They're just like these very futuristic looking. Neat. Because in, in, in the in the Left Hand of Darkness, the this diplomat goes to this planet and it's still in it's still in, in an ice age. So the entire planet is covered in snow. Oh. There's no part of it that's not. And uh, so everyone you know, so there's a scene where they go along through like the Arctic uh I mean, perfect. It'd be so perfect to have them in these future-looking puffer puffer suits. But anyway, so while I was there, my mom called me, and so I talked to her for a little bit. And they said I had to say, "Listen, I'm at the art gallery. Uh, I'm gonna, I'll call you. I'll call you tonight when we get home." Which I didn't. I forgot. Okay. Because I'm, I. You're the first son to ever forget to call I, their mother. I have, right? a, I have ADD, and I kind of remember something that's not directly in front of my face. And so then, when I was at the gym the next day, I went, "Oh my god, I forgot to phone my mom." I'll phone her tonight. And I didn't. I forgot again. I had choir. That's my excuse. Sure. And also, I don't, if I, something's not in front of my face, I will not remember. But Wednesday night, I remember while I was washing dishes. So I was like, I'm going to call my mom. So I called my mom. And I, of course, I had to apologize because I told her I called her back on Monday and I didn't. It was two days later I called back. But I, I apologized by saying that our car broke down and we had to walk home, which is a good excuse. Was it true? No. Because I went two days to walk home. <laughs> ridiculous but anyway uh so but i was talking to my mom and uh which is always kind of a fraught experience and i do sure, i yeah. try to avoid it as much as i can fans of the show are tensing up right now <laughs> so so i was talking to her and i don't know why this came up but she oh because my my uh, nephew has got his driver has got his driver's license well his learner's license and he's learning to drive and then my mom said uh i said well that's good you know in a better late than never, something like that. And she goes, well, you know, you didn't start driving until you were 25. It's like, no, that's not true. I was not 25 when I started driving. I was maybe 20 mm-hmm. when I started driving. But thank you for thinking I didn't start driving until I was in my mid-20s. Right. 
Um, I'm saying this is a person who hasn't learned how to drive yet. Well, that's fine. Yeah. But I'm not, you know, you didn't, yeah. you didn't learn to drive and then someone take that away from you. Sure. By saying that Fair you're enough. Much older. But anyway, so then uh, she goes, she goes, yeah, that, t- uh, she brought up this time because this is, my parents have to do that. They have to bring up some negative things. So, <laughs> so like, she goes, there was that time I took you on your driver, driving your one driver's lesson and you almost hit that person on the motorcycle. I said, yeah, because you took me, you made me drive you to the mall to a busy parking lot when I'd never driven a car before. And then someone drove in front of me and I didn't, I had trouble stopping in time Yeah, because I had never driven a car before. And you took me to a mall rather than like have me drive around the neighborhood streets, which are empty of all humanity, you know, a little bit so I could get, get kind of, you know, used to the idea of driving a car, then take the next step to, um, to have me drive to a busy drive you to get milk. So then, um, then she goes, then she said, uh, I didn't say these things, of course. I'm just thinking this because yeah. I don't want to get into it with my mom. So then she goes, I don't know how your brothers learned to drive. I said, well, they stole the car. They would steal your car. Like when you were, mom, when you and dad were out in his car, they would steal your car and drive it around. That's, that's how they learned to drive. And, uh, and then she goes, uh, what did she say? She said, oh, well, I guess you were too scared to do that. <laughs> to which I said, you know what? Fuck you. Did you say that? Fuck you for saying that to me. That is so mean. Oh my god! I cannot believe you would say that to someone who spent. No, it's fine. Who spent this whole childhood trying to appease you and dad? You know, who was the good boy? Who played his role? Who listened to you? Who did everything you asked me to do? Who was working a job when I was in when I was eight years old? I was delivering flyers. Like, who would make their eight year old son work? My parents did. Did they do that with my brothers? No. Only me. Only I was working. Yeah. You know, so I did all these things. I tried to be a good person. And I did it because I was scared. Well, maybe I was. Maybe I was scared of you. I don't know. But I just, after that, I just couldn't talk to her for much longer. I, it's like the, the police going, hey, you didn't uh, <laughs> take anything from the store, huh? Chicken shit? <laughs> yeah, that's there right. You. I guess you were scared. Were you chicken? <laughs> like, what would happen yeah. if I did? Oh, I'd arrest yeah. you. Oh, they're fine. Yeah. What? Why? I guess, yeah, mom, I didn't, I didn't buy marijuana and bring it home and dry it on the floor in our house like my brothers did. Did I do that because I was scared? No, I did that because I'm a human being who wouldn't do stuff like that. You know, like, it's just so crazy. So, yeah, it was just so, I was so upset. I just, like, talked to her a little bit longer than I, than I hung up. And Lisa was listening. <laughs> and Lisa's like, I just want to go over there right now and burn down their house. <laughs> <laughs> so it's okay dear i'm fine this is normal life this is i do this feel this you know this is how i have to deal with having a narcissist for a mom who's an insane lunatic but it was interesting because (laughs) every every uh call to your mom is a no surprise party (laughs) it's just oh it's uh it's just so everyone listening to this knew that was coming like it was like something (laughs) the thing is like you cannot ignore your parents like i mean i guess you could but yeah a lot of people do but I just, yeah, I just can't do that because you know why? I'm a dutiful son. I was raised. I was yeah, raised by my parents. You still can. You know, I was raised in this incredibly destructive way that totally cut my legs out from underneath me. You know, and turned me into this sort of mess. And uh, and both of them are the same. It's not like my dad was like the good guy. 
yeah. who would come in afterwards and go, hey, you know, don't listen to your mom. You know, sometimes she's like that, and it's not—it's not you, it's her. You—you know—you're a great person. Don't let you know. No, I didn't get any of that kind of stuff. Just got totally shit on, and then—and then my dad would just add to the shit, you know. So you're saying, "Well, thanks, thanks for that, folks." But uh, so yeah, so have you thought of it in the in the, in, the, in this way? If you need an excuse for because uh, like once upon a time you told me about like some holiday thing on here, yeah, and it was like so bad that uh, you know you know I was saying don't go back. Oh, we should, didn't. We never went back again. Okay, that's good. Yeah, yeah. you shouldn't go back to, to that thing. <laughs> yeah, that's yeah. Uh, absolutely not. Yeah. Uh, but I think a, a big part of that, if you want like the not, because it's, it's tough to do stuff for yourself and go like, you know, uh, I deserve to be treated better. That's, <laughs> yeah. that's a tough thing. That's a tough thing. Because you, you're talking yeah. to the, about the person who broke your spirit. And so <laughs> uh, it's, a tough, it's a tough thing. Sure. But like it also, you know, if you think of it in, in terms of like your daughter's, and like, you know, you're showing them the limits people should have for what shit they should take, mm-hmm. not just in a family situation, but just in life. Yeah. And, you know, when someone, you know, treats you like bad, you know, there's a certain point where you can just go, nope, nope, that was that's too much. And I deserve to be treated better. And no, no dice. And you, and, and you, and you're showing them that you don't then have to go. But what am I going to do? I've got to keep talking to them. Do you? And do they have to keep talking to a person who treats them like shit? Because socially, yeah. there's a social obligation to do so. Well, and I, and I know, I know. Once upon a time, in some point, your your parents are going to pass, and you're going to be looking back on this. And there's things that you're going to think like, ah, I wish I'd said this. I wish I hadn't said that. I wish I'd done this. I wish I hadn't done that. But you know, it'll be too late then. Yeah. What is it now that you know would be the thing that you want to say and do? Yeah. Or do you just like roll it out, roll with it, and just go like, meh? I mean, I don't roll with it. I, I mean, in the past, they wouldn't have called called it out. I just would have like just taken it like a gut punch and just been like, oh, okay, okay. That's how you see me as like a a scaredy cat. Like, okay, and why? And why? Like, what's the benefit to that? Well, that's the thing. I don't think there's a benefit to that. Yeah. At least now, like, I'm gonna say like this. That was mean. What a mean thing to say. Like, I don't. Yeah. I don't want to hear that. Like, it's not. You know. And she did. She apologized too, and she said that was a mean thing to say. Okay, but is that a different situation, or was there has there always been apologies? No, I, this is new because I before I didn't say these things. Okay. I just decided I don't want to. I'm not gonna like this. Listen to so it. there's been some advancement. Okay, that's that part's but, bad. To but her. it's still it's still is there's still obviously like they're still themselves. And yeah, they're, they're still, still themselves, and they're people that you know had children because you were supposed to, not because they wanted to. I yeah. think that my mom resent resented me as a baby uh and resented me as a kid mm-hmm. but also uh one of the things about lisa was like reading about narcissistic parents and i think my mom does kind of fall under this and one of the things is like there's a scapegoat and there's a golden child and so mm-hmm. i was not the golden child sure in the situation i was the the blame i'm the person who gets blamed you know so it but, sounds like being the golden child is better but the golden child gets fucked up. Yeah, because my brother, like the golden child in my family, is my drug addicted it's, brother. It's fucked up. Yeah, 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 and he's fucked up. Yeah, for sure. Both sides of it are uh, bad. Yeah, it's bad. It's bad all around. Yeah, like yeah, it's not. It's not ideal for sure. Like I mean, I, I guess as a kid, it was great for him because he, you know, he got no sugar for you, only sugar for you. How, why are they both dead? <laughs> when I tell people that when I was a kid, I my my baby brother and I shared a room, like we had bunk beds and we shared a room together. They're like, oh, that's weird. Like, so where was the other brother? Oh, he had his own room. So the middle brother, but the middle brother, he slept in his own room, and me and my younger brother, we shared a room uh, until my dad built a bedroom downstairs, and then I lived downstairs. Okay. 
So what was the justification? Has it ever been brought up? I don't know. I, I'm not going to bring it up. It's just like, oh, I don't want to think about it. Why was I in bed at 7.30 when the kids were still outside playing? You know? Is it bedtime? Because my mom, mom didn't want us to be around. Like She was like, okay, now you guys go to bed. No, I don't want to deal with you. Mm. Yeah, it was my bedtime at 7.30. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Other kids. Did she ever tell you why that was like later on in life? No. As in, okay. I'm just, I'm, I assume it's because she just had enough of us. That was it. Okay. Put you guys go to bed and then you'll be quiet. What would, what would have been an appropriate bedtime as, a, as someone who's been a well, parent I think, now? Yeah. Like for someone your age, what would have been an appropriate bedtime? But the age I was then, I think probably eight, eight thirty. I mean, there were kids outside playing that were younger than me. Okay. I could like see them. I would go to the window and look outside because I wasn't tired. And then I used to wake up like incredibly early in the morning. Because I went to bed so early. Did you have to keep quiet when you were waking up early? Uh, I was, luckily, there was a TV downstairs, so I would just go downstairs and watch TV. Okay. And uh, I had my breakfast downstairs watching watching TV. I watched Charles Kuralt because uh, he had like some morning showing up five in the morning. Yeah, he sure did. Yeah. <laughs> so I would watch that. Did you ever see the Norm Macdonald sketch about Charles Kuralt? No, I don't think it was so. like his final episode, and it was uh, talking about like a show he did where he was touring around America. Yeah, yeah. And I believe the the, the that's pre- what I watched. Yeah, yeah. The premise it. behind it was, you know, as we wrap it up. You know, every, I'd go to a place in America every every week, and I would just nail someone. <laughs> and I just want to thank all the women for the casual sex. You know, this I had a dream, and the dream was to have sex with a stranger every week. And you made that dream come true. <laughs> yeah, that's great. Yep, yeah. he succeeded. Got to have a dream. <laughs> but yeah, no, it's just I just uh, whatever. Okay. It's a whatever, you know. I think if you, like for the longest time, I, if you said this to me, like, even the idea that Glenn was the favorite, I didn't, I didn't believe. I wouldn't have believed you if you said that. Okay. My brother. When, when did that become apparent? To uh, Lisa told me. And then my grandma told me at the same time. <laughs> okay. Because Lisa brought it up one time when we were at my grandma's and then she goes, oh, well, Glenn's the favorite. And I went, no, Glenn's not the favorite. And Lisa's like, oh, no, he's a favorite. And my grandma was like, yeah, he's the favorite. I was like, oh. Was he the favorite to grandma as well? No. Okay. No. I was probably the favorite with my grandma because she would, I would go on like fishing trips with her or, and I would go over sleepovers and we'd go to like movies and stuff. Oh, okay. That's, that's nice. how I saw Grizzly Adams with, with, my, with my grandma. Mm. But yeah. Like, so but she might've been like, poor David. <laughs> so I'll just take him, bring him to my place. And, like, and my grandma wasn't like a warm person though. She wasn't like a cuddly grandma. She was very, she was a very. Grizzly she was, Adams. She was a <laughs> She was a Canadian farm girl, so okay, she had that sure, kind sure. of, you know, rough, rough upbringing, and it wasn't a lot, it wasn't a real emotional world that she grew up in. So she, she was a, she was just like a, had a hard shell to her. But she was also loving, though. But she, her, her love language was yeah, cooking was or whatever, time, right? Yeah. You know, so, yeah. But uh, I think maybe that's what that was about. I don't know because she's gone. I can't ask her. But um, yeah, it's, uh, it was a, that was a weird, just a weird thing to do to your own child. Yeah, I would never, you know, like yeah, it's strange. Like the girls, two, it goes two ways. The girls are really good at talking to other people. Like they, they're really good and they're really brave. You know, like they don't, they don't fear things. Like they'll, okay. you know, even like, like as soon as they could drive, they would. They're driving into Vancouver. As soon as they had like, oh, I got my new, I got my license. I'm just gonna go drive into Vancouver. I have no idea where I'm going. Are we gonna get lost? We might even phone mom and dad to ask how we can get out of where we are, but we're going to be fine. Yeah. You know, we can do this. It is great. There's a other side to the coin, which is, I think the girls have trouble dealing with people who are prickly, you know, because they didn't really deal with that. Like their parents aren't, 
prickly characters, you know, so that... Well, it sounds like they're, I mean, this is Johnny analysis here. <laughs> yeah. uh, their way of dealing with prickly characters is they've seen prickly characters. They're their grandparents. The way you deal with prickly characters is you don't. Mm. Because you're a gentleman in his 50s yeah. who is now, you know, like, ah, it's not worth it. It's not worth it to to have this confrontation. Yeah, yeah. So so what they've seen is when there's a prickly person, uh, eh, put it it on the back burner. Deal with it later if necessary. Maybe that's it. I don't know. Yeah, because the most prickly person in their regular appearance from just the breadcrumbs you're dropping here seem to be, you know, does it make sense for them to confront your mom and your dad? Yeah. I mean, to be fair to my mom, she was a really good grandma when the girls were young. Okay. Like she was great with them. Okay, but Where was she, she f- great? Was she great with you? No, of course not. Well, they see that. <laughs> that's then she wasn't a great grandma. <laughs> yeah, that's a problem. You know, uh, as in like a superior grandma, because yeah, kids yeah. can pick up. Mm. You know, when they see uh, grandma talking to dad and mom. Yeah, and that ah, that's yeah. that's that's very important. Mm, and also, point. if like point. if someone is 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 my grandparents were super sweet to me mm. and super mean to my friends. Oh really? Yeah, and it was like disturbing. Yeah, and it was like, weird. oh, there's probably some racial elements to this as okay, well. Okay, okay, yeah, yeah. And you pick up on that stuff when you're a kid, and it's yeah. disturbing because you go like, oh, this isn't totally real. Yeah, 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 yeah. This could turn. Mm. Well, it did because when the girls turned teenagers, then my mom lost interest in them. Yeah, there you go. Because they're people now. There you go. They're not. They're not posable dolls. They're not little things that go along with you. Okay. Now they have person. They have personalities. They have opinions. Sure. And that, you know, my mom just can't stand that. And also, they're not they're not grateful enough. Okay. Because my mom demands gratitude for what she's done, which is the rid- most ridiculous thing you can expect. And to them, and to them, gratitude. seeing how you deal with yeah your uh, your mom while she's doing that stuff yeah. is to avoid it. Yes. And so they have gone. That's how you do it. Yeah. So where where the girls live now? Their their landlord, who's a, a nice enough person, but he's one of those kind of grouchy guys. Okay. Who, when you phone him, is going to be like, what do you want? Now I'll take care of that or whatever. But then he'll take care of it. But if you said to him, like, I'm sure if I spoke to him and said, hey, uh, the girls think you're a little scary. Uh, they're not used to dealing with people like that. Maybe you could, like, be a little nicer with them. Mm-hmm. I'm sure he'd be like, oh, I'm not being nice. <laughs> he wouldn't, wouldn't realize, you know, like, his, that he's being this kind of prickly character and making them scared to phone him about a fridge not working or something, you know. Yeah. And uh, so, yeah, I just, I have been thinking about that. I keep. I'm going to talk to Mary and say, hey, would you want me to phone him and just say, you need to be nicer? <laughs> yeah. these, these are just young girls that aren't used to dealing with, you know. Could you dress up like him and go over <laughs> and then, but like you're wearing a monster mask and then just go, rawr. See, this is how they see you. Take, take the monster mask off. And he goes, I never saw myself this way. And then you go, well, there yeah. you go. And then he says, would you like me to call your mom? And I'm like, you know what? I would like you to fix that. It's like, okay, well, I can go fix your mom between the hours of 10 and and 4 t- tomorrow. Make Just make work. sure your mom's at home. Yeah. And then she, he goes over and has a word with her. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I can see it working. And then you go, like, did you fix uh, fix my mom? And he's like, oh, I didn't get around to it. And I'm like, he's never going to get around to it. Damn it. Damn it. He seems so, 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 he seemed like one of those ultra competent guys, and he's not. Damn it. And I say I say all this again as someone who's estranged from his mom. Like I did I did the thing which you should do, which is uh, you know, not let the toxic shit keep going and yeah. uh, haven't really talked to my mom for more than, you know, uh, 10 minutes at a time, uh, you know, for 8 years. Yeah. Yeah. And that blows. <laughs> and uh, yeah. yeah. Everyone's got good advice about that. 
<laughs> I don't have any good advice. Yeah, right. there's a lot of good advice that would like also get me 20 years in jail. <laughs> you know, about dealing with my stepdad that people have told me. Mm. And uh, it's also interesting. Sometimes you know the people who've told me this are like, "Well, I'll take, I'll do something." I'm like, "No, that that would also get me 20 years in jail." <laughs> and then quite often, you know, it'll be someone who like, "And you're a celebrity." So you can't do that. Yeah. You can't do that because, you know, then it's like, or maybe you could because no one would suspect. Yeah. Let's say it's Mr. Dressup. He's dead sure, now. Sure, sure. But if Mr. Dressup said to me, hey, I'll, uh, I'll take, I'll care, take of care of that yeah, for yeah. you. You don't need to know nothing. Just yeah, give yeah. me an address. And yeah, I'm like, okay. Cause an no address in $5,000. No one would suspect. No, he won't get paid. He's, he makes enough money. This is part of his charity work. <laughs> okay. <sorry>. And, <laughs> you know, this would be, this would be a, this would be a pleasure and an honor yeah, yeah, for yeah. me. I'm like, yeah. oh, okay. Mm-hmm. And uh, and then you like, and uh, I can rate it all off and and then yes people that see the uh, the the you know thing that happens yeah would go like yeah I saw Mister Dressup running out of the house yeah yeah like well you didn't see Mister mm, Dressup running crazy. out of yeah, the house yeah, yeah drinky drinky <laughs> uh, that kind of thing yeah but it's a charitable murder he can rate it off well then you get in trouble that's how you, that's how they get you oh. is they is they're going through your taxes and just going it says here that you uh, did a murder. What? Let's also not say murder. Yeah, yeah. Uh, you did a crime. Okay. And and you and you underlined crime and yeah. put some skulls around it. Yeah. And yeah. they're all laughing and they're on fire like the ghostwriter. <laughs> it's pretty cool. Yeah. It's, it's pretty a pretty cool. cool confession. It is a pretty cool <laughs> confession. That would be the thing if you were to do it. Okay, so say you did do a crime. This is unrelated. Yeah. And you uh, and 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 you were like at the police station and they're like we. We have no evidence against you. You know, we have to do a confession. And you go, I'll do a confession. Yeah. Under one circumstance. Okay. And like, what is it? I need to write it in blood. Mm. And they go like, you got to let me uh, do that. So you have to write your whole confession in blood. Yeah. And they're like, oh, you they're know like, what? Okay. It's pretty badass. But it has to be your wife's blood. Oh, my God. <laughs> What's wrong with you? <laughs> we were all having a nice time here. <laughs> Writing with blood. And then you, and then you ruined it. <laughs> I'm going to go to letters because you're a ruiner of things. <laughs> Unless you had other things you wanted to Maybe talk. that's why my mom doesn't like me. I don't know. Do you think your mom doesn't like you? No, she likes me well enough. Okay, all right, good. Oi, that's uh, a... <laughs> families, huh? Yeah. They're oh, th- boy. They're a thing. I'll tell you. Uh, I got I got to tell you some stuff that people have... Uh, <laughs> that we know have uh, gotten into this week, but it's not cool to put it on the air. Yeah. yeah. Uh, but you'd go don't like, get damn it. Oof. Anyway, uh, Sneaky Dragon is the name of our podcast, and we ask sometimes questions. Mm-hmm. Oh, the questions we ask. We do ask questions. And last week, we asked a couple of things. We asked, like, have you ever worked in a family business uh, or, and or being an outsider in a family business? And we got a lovely story from our friend Louise, which goes as follows. Um, I once worked for a family business called the Canadian Folk Puppets. It was <laughs> That's just a great start. Well done. Yeah. Uh it was run by Fran Dowie, an old vaudevillian, and his wife Louise. His son, st- his son still runs the company in Saskatchewan. Uh, they provided uh, entertainment for events and also built puppets and mascot costumes, such as A&W's Great Root Bear. That is a good-looking bear. That is a good costume. Yeah, that's got some good ass wag. <laughs> uh, I was a young actor looking for work when I answered their newspaper ad. Then I spent a season showing up at odd venue like parks or hotels or department stores or country clubs. I would end up dressed as, say, a flamenco dancer on one gig or as a furry animal for another. Fran and Louise were known for playing Santa and Mrs. Claus. She didn't make it uh, to one breakfast with Santa, so at the last moment I was rushed into the Mrs. Claus costume. 
Uh, one of their employees was an actress named Claire, who also did their scheduling. She auditioned for SAC, S-A-K, theater uh, from Florida when they came to Expo 86. That was our World Expo. Uh, then she got involved with improv through a Vancouver improviser who also worked with SAC that year. When Claire moved back to Florida with the troupe, SAC invited that improviser to teach a workshop in Orlando. He couldn't make it, so my brother took his place, met his future wife, emigrated, then begat three actress-musician daughters. <laughs> so in a roundabout way, Canadian folk puppets contributed to my family's continued involvement in show business. Wow. And, uh, and uh, you replied... I did. Uh, ...saying, Fran Dowie sounds familiar, but I'm not sure it's because I've heard of them or it's such a Canadian dame... Dame. Name. <laughs> Louise uh, says, uh, he has a star on the BC Walk of Fame on Granville Street, so maybe you passed his name on your way to a concert venue downtown. Uh, I looked up his picture, and boy, does he look like a puppet guy. Okay. Like 100% puppet guy. <laughs> uh, but that is a delightful story, and we really appreciate that. Thank That's you. Very we nice. had similar, me and Louise had similar things where we'd go to various different gigs and, and involved. We were both very Santa Claus adjacent. We were both very puppet adjacent. I once did uh, uh, the puppet thing with this fellow named uh, Eric Lenz, okay. who was Tommy Chong's original comedy partner. Oh, okay. Yeah. He later uh, he was one of the main guys who brought T-Fowl to Canada, and that's where he made his fortune. But he loved comedy. So he made a fortune. Oh, he made a fortune. Okay. Oh, yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah. You heard of T-Fowl? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Good for him. Good for him. <laughs> um, didn't pay me that much. Actually, here was the problem one time. I was so I was so insanely broke. I was so broke, and I was doing a puppet gig with him. Okay, where I was the voice and controlling this octopus puppet that actually had quite a, an interesting way of uh, working, which was uh, the the puppet itself. Uh, it, it gave the illusion of like an ink drawing come to life when you saw it through like a camera. I can't tell you too much more than that. I think I may have signed an NDA. Um, <laughs> But we were doing a gig at this uh, cooking show uh, at BC Place, and he paid me with a $100 bill. Uh, and I had to get back to North Delta that night. Yeah. And uh, there was no way back. Because back then, a $100 bill meant nothing. You couldn't do anything with it. Yeah. There was nothing. Unless I decided to maybe like take a cab that would be like a $60 cab ride, maybe, maybe. Maybe to North Delta, and I couldn't do that because yeah. I needed money. Wow. Uh, but there was no place to like cash a hundred dollars, yeah, a hundred dollar bill. And so it was like, well, I'm wealthy with too much dough. <laughs> if it was a 50, I could go to a Burger King, sure. Uh, but a hundred dollar bill, hard no, to, sir, hard to break, yeah, unless I wanted to buy like a hundred burgers. <laughs> And you did. Yeah, I did. But anyway, yeah, we both, me and Louise, have a puppety past, it sounds like. Oh, that's nice. And also uh, a lot of costumes and uh, odd odd stuff. I wonder if actors nowadays have uh, have that kind of situation. It does It does definitely, once again, uh, mean that I have no business judging anyone who makes their living as a dancer uh, going around, you know, a, taking clothes off or not. Because I've been an elf. Okay, so <laughs> there you are. Um, questions uh, for next week. I've got a question. Please. Uh, Who's your favorite Peanuts character? Oh, it's actually, which Peanuts character are you? Oh, is that really it? Yep. Neat. Okay, good. Uh, I'm going to go with, uh, you mentioned 
learning uh, to drive a little bit later than uh, average. Yes. Uh, what's something you learned late in life? A mm. skill. Okay. That you learned late. I've, and for me, that'd be cooking. Okay. Yeah. 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 So if you want to write us, we're at SneakyD at SneakyDragon.com. We're also on Facebook. We are on X <laughs> at Sneaky formerly underscore Dragon. Yeah. Formerly known as Twitter. We're formerly known as Sneaky Dragon. Uh, we're also on Tumblr because that still exists. Uh, SneakyDragon.tumblr.com. Going, going strong. Uh, we're on Patreon. That's right. Uh, if you feel like throwing us a couple of dollars to keep this nonsense uh, going, uh, we appreciate that. So you can either go through the Patreon app or uh, we have a little link uh, that's uh, on our website. Hey, did I say we have a website? Well, let me tell you about it. It's called SneakyDragon.com. And there you see our Patreon link. Click on that if you want. If you don't want to do that, that's fine. Here's some other options. Uh, one, open up any episode of our show, including this one, and there's a little message board underneath, under, and that's where you can just write us a little note. We'd appreciate it. Also, you have access to what? Some of Dave's beautiful art that he's done for past uh, episodes for title cards. You have access to a store where we have T-shirts. Did you know that? It's true. They're there. I've got some in a bag here. Do you want them? We can work something out. We'll talk later. Uh, you also have access there to every episode of every podcast we've ever done. All the episodes of Sneaky Dragon for the last years. Uh, we got completely Beatles there. We got totally Tintin. We got full marks. Uh, we've got uh, fan splainers. We got Sneaky Dragon listening party. We've got our new podcasts as well, which are Refresh My Memory. Uh, which is a delightful podcast with uh, Eric Fell, Jason Dedrick, and Vicky Van, where they talk about their memories of movies and also uh, make drinks and talk about drinks. And there's snacks. We don't really have what that show is yet, but it's getting somewhere. <laughs> Come on the trip with us. And uh, as I mentioned before, we also have Horse Mysteries, which is exactly as it sounds. It's true. Yep. It is exactly like it is sounds. Is there anything else to plug? Uh, nothing to plug, but I was just going to mention that we... For the very first time in, in like the last, I don't know, seven years or we've been posting on Tumblr, we finally got a like. <laughs> and it was for, for... Well, time to wrap up the show. It was for Refresh My Memory. Oh, wow. Yeah. Interesting. That's nice. And there we are. You just heard that like go off right there. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, we do love to hear from you. It's always uh, a delight. Thank you so much for listening to us. Uh, we like sharing all this uh, stuff with you. And we will continue to do so for as long as our voices hold out. That's true. You can hear mine going a little like this. But, yeah, there you go. It'll be fine. Anything else to say? Maybe I want to quit doing the show, but I'm too scared. Oh, good. <laughs> Pudding forever! <laughs> <laughs>